and welcome to a brand new episode of Comment Section. That's right, guys. It's not just a brand new episode. It's a brand new year. That's that's right. right. We made it. We are now in the year 2024. That's That's right. right. And new year. You thought 2019 was the future. No, no, no. Yeah, no. 2024. It's here. It's true. 2024. Never thought I'd see it. Um, (laughs) Even though, I mean, like, you know, only... 30 but um you're just like you know what (laughs) i stayed safe during this time i locked myself in a vault with a shotgun and i said nothing's taking me out to this yeah just miss 2024 yeah the funny thing is when most people say like i didn't think i'd make it this far and they're kind of young it's usually the joke is that they didn't take care of themselves but (laughs) the truth is i was so nervous uh, that I didn't drink or do drugs or anything remotely dangerous, <laughs> but I still felt like I was going to die. Yes. So um, that's it. And a new year means a new visual gag oh. uh, for our audio listeners, because a new year means a new me. Oh, boy. I have a second pair of glasses. That's there right. we go. Pair number two. I, I have to, I, now that I'm 30, I have to be a glasses wearer for yes. basically the first time in my life. I went to the eye doctor and I got not one, but two prescription pairs of glasses. It's like in the dark night when bat, when Bruce Wayne goes from wearing the Batman Begins suit to the brand new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a different identity when I have these darker glasses. Yes. Um, and uh, I also found out that I have issues with my the meibomian glands of my eyes, which gives me basically <laughs> chronic dry eyes. And so now I have to uh, use wipes to, to kind of clear the clogged, uh, like, eyelash area kind of pores and also before bed for 15 minutes put a warm mask over my eyes um, oh wow for only like 30 days should declog them and then i will be not having super dry eyes all the time you know for only being 30 sounds like everything's falling <laughs> apart like i didn't do drugs <laughs> i didn't Mo- drink and well yet, everything's shutting down most of it is like uh most of it is um not i'm it's not your fault i'm, I'm like i'm generally pretty healthy and just having <laughs> normal things that happen when you're like 30 oh yes well at least you can still see yeah yeah, my eyesight honestly is like it's like not even that far off from 2020. It's just kind of weird, and I have like astigmatism when like things that cause me have eye strain. So you can't like fly a plane, right? If you don't have 2020 vision, right? I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Right? Yeah, 2020. That's a high standard because my eyesight is honestly pretty good. Um, so that's a pretty high standard. But I suppose when, I wouldn't be able to. Yeah. When you went to the eye doctor, you just would just burst into <laughs> tears, be like, "Doc, I just want to fly a plane." Yeah. I just want to soar with the eagles and the birds. Maybe have a duck get sucked uh, up with the propeller and make a red mist. Yeah, that's that's funny because. That would be one of the last careers I would do because of the aforementioned uh, irrational fears that I face. Oh, yes. When was the last time you did fly? 
like fifth grade, probably like eleven. Oh, I hate I hate flying. It's yeah, I, truly I, awful. I absolutely hate flying. You know, I actually, I also absolutely hate driving. So, oh, I hate driving <laughs> so much. I hate it so much. Yeah. I, if I didn't feel like I needed a license for like other stuff, I would cut that thing yeah. up because I hate I, it. I genuinely, I hate driving with such a passion <laughs> that I am trying to build my life. My goal in life is to like live in a place where things are nearby. And that I yes. can just walk to it. And I'm kind of almost at that point uh, because I, I do live uh, around a lot of stuff uh, in an area of our city where I can kind of just walk a couple blocks north and be near almost anything like a grocery store or food, drink, whatever, um, <clears throat> pharmacy, whatever. Um and so it does start making me think like, ah, I got to get, I don't want to have a car. You know, most people when they turn 16 are just like, I know. can't wait to get a license. But what, honestly, when I didn't get my license until after like a few weeks after I graduated high school, it was, you'd almost think I found I had terminal disease. I was <laughs> just like, I think this is, this is how I'm going to leave this world. I'm yeah, going, this is it. I I was I was honestly the same way. And it was like my parents thought it was weird because like when they were my age, they were really excited. And everyone they knew, it was like, I can't wait till I'm 16. Exactly. I'm going to immediately get my license and get out of here. And I was just like, I'm going to put this off as long as I possibly can. And the ironic thing about it all is that, um, I don't know, my parents were basically like, all you need to do is be able to drive yourself to college. Exactly. <laughs> and so when I turned 18, I went to driver's ed and uh, got my license, which is like, because I wasn't excited about it at all. And some people even thought that was weird. But the odd thing is, for some reason, the people that I know in my life got it way later, like in their 20s. Oh, wow. And so I, the person who hates driving, was like <laughs> the guy who drove people everywhere <laughs> for like three or four solid years. Yeah. Um, and now I'm starting to get into an era where I'm just like, everyone else is going to do that for me now. I'm oh, exactly. This. I I'll do whatever it takes to avoid driving. Like, yeah, it, it's awful. It is a horrible, horrible experience. Yeah, it's gotten to the sad place where I just make such a loud point of hating driving that people will feel bad for me and offer to drive. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. That's the way to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I, well, I guess you could with Uber, but I just wish I, we lived in a place where there were like taxis everywhere because it just, yeah, I, I want to be driven. I don't want to drive. I, mm -hmm. I, just, I hate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's all walkable cities. That's I want to, I want to live in like a, like old style European town where <laughs> you just can go into town square for everything. That's, oh, exactly. all, that's all I want in the world. For people from this town, you know, the absolute pinnacle of hell on earth is a street like my least favorite street in this entire city, 28th Street, which <laughs> is a hellhole of uh, 
cars and many lanes and uh, big box stores on either side of the street. A lot of stores and, out of business. And yeah. And um, <clears throat> which before I before you say your thing, I just got a shout out. You know, we have on 28th Street a mall that literally only exists still because the DMV is in it. Oh, my gosh. That place <laughs> is the saddest place to enter. Sometimes I, I like to go and be like, you know what? My life could be worse. I could that, be the one who runs this mall. That is so depressing. Like, <laughs> like this is not like a small city. You would like you would think entering that place that it's like a depressing, like rinky dink town in the middle of nowhere. And it, like it's a full mall. Yes. That you enter and no one is there they, except for people going to the DMV. Yes. And when you go inside, they have like the windows and there's like pictures of people in there reminding us of a time long gone when there was life in this mall. Instead, you just kind of there and there's there's no one. You hear like music playing on these crappy speakers and you're just like, Oh yeah. boy. It's a liminal space. It, um <laughs> like I'm I'm glad you got amuse get amusement out of that uh too because I I think about it not too infrequently of like <laughs> whenever I need to go there and just like that place is a fever dream. It's yes, it's so crazy there. I it's yeah, just crazy in the sense that I there are very few places that like feel so viscerally empty. Like honestly, when you walk in, you think you walked into like an abandoned building. No, it's like I'm like, not supposed to be here. It's like, is there a guard who's gonna say, "What are you doing? Can't you just let let this building rest in peace?" And it's also so weird that like the DMV could have its own door, but you have to exactly. walk through the empty abandoned mall to get to the storefront with the DMV. Um, yes, it's such a hassle. Just and yeah. yet, I mean. They can't shut it down now. It's like they, by law, have to keep it open for that DMV. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty weird. But yeah, that was a long to say. I, I generally hate that street. There's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I generally think that... Uh, I don't think anyone likes it on that street. So no. I think that that's why a lot of things shut down. Um, but that, like, driving everywhere and going from one store and needing to drive down the street across the street to another store... That that is hell. The where it's at is walking or taking the bus or parking generally near a downtown area, and then just getting to walk everywhere down there. Oh so yes, that's that's the goal. Did you ever think? Because you know, I know we're going off topic, but it's a new well, year. It's <laughs> the first episode of the 2024 year of comment section. What better way to start it than with a huge <laughs> rabbit hole? Yes, this is what this is why you come to the show. That's true. Speaking of which, like, um, you know, we both got licenses to drive to college. Yeah. Was it just me, or was having to drive downtown to college like the worst way to begin your driving time? Because every minute was super stressful. Yeah. And it didn't help that like when you had to turn in our college. If you turn at the right place, you have like the sun just blinding you. And oh, you're yeah, kind of going just that. like, I think I might die, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Yeah, the way to get it was always driving north. So, yeah, it was always pretty bad. Um, 
Yeah, I would say Jet. I it was a really harsh start, and I really hated it. I did get really used to it. Like I know a lot of people who still hate driving downtown, and I still do it. Although I, I genuinely, I prefer it to things like 28th Street or 44th Street. Those streets are way more stressful to me than downtown. Um, <clears throat> downtown is just a kind of more confusing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not great. It's still not ideal. That's why uh, I'm not trying to totally dox myself, but I don't live downtown. I live kind of slightly off skirt of downtown, but is still like a secondary downtown. Um, so, um, it's better and there are less cars. Oh yes. I just, yeah. You know what? I think I'll find eternal peace when I no longer have to drive. Just yeah. It will be a new golden age. Yeah. Truthfully, I, the only reason I currently still have to drive and I'm very close to being a person who doesn't have to drive i could hypothetically it would be a little rough the only the thing that would be possible but a little rough is getting groceries because i would need to walk several blocks north of me to a grocery store with bags or like a but like yeah carry them all the way back um like once you got them delivered yeah um but other than that's doable but a little weird the thing that i don't have is a washing machine a laundry machine and i have to go to my parents for that every week so oh uh so then i do need to drive uh the 20 minutes down 131 um to get back home well maybe one day maybe um you can mail you can always try mailing then Mail, mail all my mail laundry. your laundry, and then they mail it back every week. Yes, yeah, and maybe there's like a, a little, like a little, like note or something like, um, this was used with Tide. This was used with yeah. um, the the thing that the kid um ate and became like a did like the whole zombie thing, or, or I guess that was Tide Pod. Tide Pods. Tide Pods were the thing that everyone. Uh, that everyone interesting if you read the wikipedia page for like tide pod 2016 2017 whenever that was um the wikipedia page talks about how there were like no reported cases of children eating tide pods and it was literally just a social phenomenon which is really oh, which is really fascinating <laughs> when there's like stuff like that um like that one time also that everyone was talking about how people were seeing clowns everywhere Oh, yeah. If you remember that, there really wasn't like a super reported case of that ever happening, except for like, you know, people just posting viral images of clowns standing in front of like a security camera. Oh, yes. I think the discussion was more like people are saying I've I heard that clowns are randomly in places. I heard that kids are eating Tide Pods is like a challenge. And then it becomes such a big thing that like everyone's like, no, I heard of it happening. I I, I know that it happens. I heard of it happening. I even think I posted to like Facebook about this phenomenon once. And I, someone commented exactly, which I predicted it was like, no, I heard of it happening once. And it's, <laughs> I, I heard of it. I don't it believe you. I'm pretty sure. I don't believe you. <laughs> I think it never happened. Um, but 
2024. <laughs> 2024, um, guys. It's here. The year First of the rabbit hate hole. driving and Tide Pods. What a way to kick off this new year. Yeah, the year of the rabbit hole. What will be the weird social phenomenon that maybe didn't actually happen of 2024? We'll find out. Oh, yes. We'll have to remember. Write this down somewhere. Yeah. I'm we'll personally uh, looking forward to 2024 in a way that I'm not of most years. Um, <clears throat> now, be careful. We also were excited for 2020. That's exactly what I was going to say, <laughs> is that I'm very concerned, actually. Um, which, but yeah, there are, well, one thing. Um, I, I will turn it over to you. Ask, are you looking forward to anything besides these movies and TV shows in 2024? Um, Not but, really. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what about you? You hide for I don't think I. I guess this is as good as time as any to tell you. Although you may have seen it on social media or something, I am engaged now. So that's oh wow. Um, I uh, have been very slow at telling people that, but. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen in 2024, but I don't well, know. Well, on one hand, congratulations. On the other hand, you didn't follow the unwanted answers rule of letting the relationship end, but I guess That's we can true. let it slide. That's true. Well, it's doomed sure now. Get the prenup. It's doomed Sign the prenup. Okay. But um, what's even what I'm looking forward to more is probably a couple cool movies or whatever. Oh, um, yes. So that's what we're here to talk about today. We're not talking about uh, life prospects, jobs, engagements. We're not talking no. about what is it, cars and like our cars. Not only do we hate the vehicles, we hate the Pixar movies as well. Yeah. Um, what we're here to talk about is upcoming stuff content in 2024 uh movies games tv um as we do every year yes as we get you know what this is the last year where we can say we're in the first half of the 2020s that's true which is gonna be gonna be weird these are uh, you know all these things that are coming out this year, we will definitely we will be looking at them as stuff that came out in the mid 2020s. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. So I guess we need to start. We still wanted to start with movies, right? Yeah, I or, think that's a uh, that's kind of I, yeah, I guess it's kind of what I'm most excited to talk about, I think. So, yes. So. I don't know if we still if you still have that die or who we want to have go first. Yeah, I'll. I'll uh... I'll bring that up again. One second. I did. So you said that the 20 face die actually exists in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. D and D typically uses a lot of different sided dice for different tests that your character does. Does and it stand up or does it like roll a bunch? Cause of how many sides it has. It's not too many sides to where uh, there are, there's actually a 100 sided die. It's not, it's not wow. rarely <laughs> ever used. Typically people use two D tens and with it and it works in a similar way. But uh, I do somewhere. I think, no, I don't think I have one, but I've seen a hundred sided dice before. And those do take a while to settle. D 20s are actually really satisfying. I would say maybe even more satisfying to roll than like the six sided dice, the standard dice. Um, 
D20s are, are very uh, satisfying to roll. Um, but yeah, the, yeah. If, for people who don't know, in D&D, you typically, like, when in the story, you need to make some kind of, like, skill check. Like, oh, I'm trying to uh, pick lock this door and sneak in uh, because we're on a heist. Then it'll be like, oh, roll a, a 20-sided die and then add your, um, like, s- skill modifier to that. And, but... Hey, I think the D20 is just like has my options, so it kind of that was oh, a, there we go. That, that was a spiel to try and find this again. Um, <laughs> so do you want to be evens or odds? I know I'll switch it up this time, I'll go evens. All right, and you got oh. lucky this time, it's 14. Oh my goodness, 14. That's right. So um, that means uh, you get to choose. There we go. So I guess I have like um, two I can bring up. One's like pretty quick because I don't have a lot of. Yeah, opinions. I think I have a lot like that. Yeah, some of them I, I literally brought up because I'm just, I don't have much to say, but I think you might. But I don't, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. I have some like that and some where I'm just like, I'm kind of interested and it feels like a big thing to bring up, but I don't really have much more to say on it. So what do you want to bring up first? Well, I mean, I think it's in January. Let me check real quick. We have a remake of a movie from 2004. Yeah, comes out in January 12th, 20 years after Lindsay Lohan and the Mean Girls were in high school. There's going to be a new Mean Girls, except this time, musical style. So um, it's this is a movie based on the musical based on the movie. (laughs) And uh, um, for all three of them, Tina Fey is credited as the screenwriter or I guess playwright for this middle one but um yeah mean girls 2024 now i know a lot of people love mean girls i've only seen the movie once and i thought it was pretty good uh, i don't remember much about it yeah <laughs> but um i mean it's a big one from the 2000s that that mm-hmm. is like uh one people talk about a lot like i think um was it the office where like um I think Michael or someone says mean like the mean girls from Mean Girls? I don't maybe that was another yeah, show, but uh, that sounds familiar. I don't know. Yeah, so it must have been the office. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, no, uh, Mean Girls is I know a lot of people uh who love it and it's something a lot of people my age love. It's I feel like I've seen it because of so many bits and pieces. And I think it seems really funny from those bits and pieces, but I haven't ever watched it. So <laughs> uh, I'm kind I've of only a, watched it once, but from what I remember, it was pretty good. Yeah, it seems pretty good. It's a bit of a cultural blind spot for me, though. I, yeah. I, I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah. So for all you comment section listeners who were so hyped, this was the one you were listening. Yes, I wanted them to talk about Mean Girls. More. It's like, yeah. all right, come on, guys. Mean Girls are back. It's like, well. We saw bits and pieces, but yeah. good for you. All right. This one we can go into a little bit more. Um, 
though it might be a little bit tough. So this year, well, I mean, talk about this later too, but we're only going to get one movie from DC and one movie from uh, Marvel Studios. But boy, you know who's cranking out the superhero movies this year? Sony. That's right. Because after Venom and Morbius, which can I just say, a little off topic, I actually, because I need to like catch up on some of the Marvel stuff for like this show and other stuff, I sat down and watched Morbius. Paul's producer, Paul's favorite movie. Oh, yeah. 2022. That's right. All I can say is. You know, the only thing that comes to mind to describe it is me rubbing my head going, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you heard it's bad, but boy, you are not prepared (laughs) for how bad it truly is. Like, I, I could not believe what I was watching. I mean, it may be the worst Marvel adaptation I've ever seen. Like, it may be Spider Man Far From Home, maybe it just. Like at least with Spider-Man Far From Home, you at least have a web swinging th- scene at the end. There's just like nothing good in this movie. Wow, that's um, I. I feel like this is a I say about a lot of things, but it could be a good watch along. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, but um, Sony is giving us another Spider-Man spinoff that nobody wants, but they're still going for it. I I do hope. Sony, guys, look, you had your chance to get all the Marvel characters and you chose not to, but you got the big guy. Maybe instead of trying to crank out all these spinoffs, just be happy that you have Spider-Man, you have Miles Morales, and you have Venom. Can't you just be happy with those three? Those three that you've had financial success with, critical success with, at least with Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Um, Can't you just be happy with what you got? Yeah. And also, if I'm going to speak for everyone on this. If you want to have more, maybe instead of Madam Web... Could you maybe give us a Spider-Man 4 with Toby instead? Because I think more people want that than these pointless spin-offs. But oh right. yes. before I forget, the movie we're talking about is Madam Web. Um Oh, I actually did I thought you were gonna bring up uh another one that oh, I, no, I, we can bring yeah. up those later. <laughs> so Madam Web, they're gonna make into a movie, and I saw the trailer, I'm like it's okay. It, honestly, a lot of these Sony movies feel like they're from like 2011 or something. Like, yeah, they're like, hey it. guys, let's recapture the magic of Batman Begins in the Dark Knight. That's Which look, I can appreciate wanting to be more serious than like jokey or whatever. I, I do definitely appreciate that. But, you know, when you have movies like Morbius, it's tough. But uh, Madam Web is a character that I have a lot of nostalgia for because... She was a very important character in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon that aired on Fox Kids. She was really a mentor to Peter Parker and helped prepare him for this big Secret Wars crossover. She was also voiced in the show by Joan Lee, the wife of Stan Lee, which is great. Um, so I have a lot of nostalgia for Madam Web. But just to be honest, 
I kind of would rather have Madam Web be a supporting character in a Spider-Man movie than yeah her own character her own character. Now they are gonna have Spider Woman, which that's a character I think could be interesting for a spinoff. But we are gonna get Spider Woman, and um, who are the other characters we're gonna have? We have Spider oh two Spider Women. And Ezekiel Sims will be in it. And that's a special character because he is created by J. Michael Staczynski and John Romita Jr. from my favorite run of Spider-Man comics back in the early 2000s. So, I mean, there's elements. I'm, look, I'm not going to lie. I'm not excited. You know what? The one Sony movie I was looking forward to this year with Spider-Man beyond the Spider-Verse. And now we have no idea when that's coming, but, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it exists. I, I hope it's good. Let's hope. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think it's, it's bizarre to commit so hard to creating like more spinoffs than the main franchise at a certain point it's like so many like uh it it really i think kind of shows how the complicated like ip loss stuff can kind of hinder art in a lot of ways because in an ideal world like we should just be getting really good spider-man movies with these villains in them every like two years or something yeah and instead it's a mess of just filler movies just to fill like slots in the year um which is why i haven't watched any of these um although like i have a mild interest for one of the other villain ones it's the only one i've had any interest in because that particular villain seems interesting to me yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it seems um, like you want to bring it up later. We could bring it up now, but uh, I mean, I'm good either way. Uh, what was I gonna? There's one other thing. Oh, speaking of like um, trying to create this whole cinematic universe, like obviously Marvel, you have all the characters, and I can understand. I think it made more sense for like Fox when they were trying to create a universe because they had. X-Men, which you could spin off Wolverine, Deadpool. They had Fantastic Four and Daredevil. Mm-hmm. It's just Sony just has Spider-Man. Yeah. Which also you have Venom and you also have Miles Morales. Yeah. So like, can't you just be happy with those three? <laughs> yeah, like uh, you know, you could make if you all you have is Spider-Man, that's fine. I mean, I mean that's yeah. you have the let's face it, you got the big guy. You got yeah. the dude. Yeah, you caught him in your web. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, well, you know, we'll just say for mine thing next, since I did have it on my list, I don't have much more to add, but Craven the Hunter. Yes. Uh, is, With our old friend Quicksilver. You yeah. did not see that coming? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Craven the Hunter is the one I was talking about that I have a mild interest in. Uh just i think it's an interesting character but i don't have a whole lot more to add other than that but i put it on my list because um i guess it's the first one that i had any interest in i still don't know if i'll see it 
but um, I have hopes for it. Yeah, so um, Craven, I think, is a great Spider-Man villain. I was really hoping that one day he would be the villain in a Spider-Man movie, but alas, it has not happened yet. He's like my second choice to one day appear in a Spider-Man movie after Mysterio. No, we won't bring up the Jake Gyllenhaal one from Far From yeah. Home. Let's, yeah. you know, forget that. All that one scene was pretty cool with, um, like, the special effects, like, where you had, like, like the zombie Tony Stark and all that. That scene was mm-hmm. pretty cool. There are some really, really cool moments. Um, like, I think Mysterio is, like, the coolest villain, so even when it's, like, not the best movie that it's in i still think it's pretty cool um but think about how much better it would be if there was like an into if, if it was like an into the spider-verse villain or like i mean yes there, i could see way cooler ways to do it yes but um where were we going oh yeah so craving is a character i love the 90s version i loved um the version from spectacular spider-man besides venom i think craven is like the character you would kind of turn into anti-hero almost maybe not like not to say knockoff but maybe kind of a ripoff of wolverine in a way you could mm-hmm. maybe do yeah i get that so um yeah and you could do something really cool about having him maybe he was a villain he's trying to you know, go good, or maybe he's he sees himself as a hero and is willing to go to some dark places. Yeah. Now they did release a trailer for Craven the Hunter like a while ago, and I don't think they're gonna go the Ultimate Universe route of where he was also a reality TV star. Although, if they ever make him a villain in a Spider-Man movie, that could be cool to do. But yeah. Yeah, I, I just think like besides Venom, this is like the this is the one that I think makes the most sense. Yeah, like a, and it, any Spider-Man villain, <clears throat> if you want to try to build a movie around. Yeah, I mean it. De- it definitely does. Also, in the sense that like, um, and this is what made me interested in is starting but not finish the arc of Craven the Hunter, which was like one of the most highly acclaimed comic runs in oh, Spider-Man. Yes. It's Craven's the, Last Stand, right? Yeah, that's it. Craven's yeah. Last Stand. Or is it Craven's Last Hunt or Craven's Last Stand? I don't know. You know, but, Last Stand is an X-Men movie, so maybe it is Craven's Last Hunt. Craven's Last Hunt. <clears throat> yeah, doesn't Spider-Man have the black suit in that? I yeah, and um yeah, it's, oh, yeah, kind it's of, Craven's Last Hunt yeah. by J.M. DeMattis, who's great, and Michael Zeck from 1987. Yeah, so it makes more sense than any other one so far. Yeah, so that's that's like on my list to one day read is Craven's Last Hunt because like, you hear everyone talk about how great it is. Yeah, I found it uh, when I was trying to actually dig into Spider-Man comics, and um, I was just looking up what the best storylines were, and I read the Death of the Stacys. Um, and this was always like top of my list, but it's actually, it seems like it was pretty hard to find the trade paperback at the time. Um, oh, yeah, I, I kind of struggled to find, and it also wasn't like at any library or anything, but I, I basically like found 
like the first issue or something online once and I kind of skimmed through it, but I never read the whole thing. I mean, if you want to go digital, I'm sure it's probably available on Apple Books. Yeah. It's not like it's impossible to find, but I yeah. just, at the at the time I was like yeah, I got I I need to read the physical copy and uh I, there's also one cover that I didn't like compared to another cover. <laughs> and so it was it was, I it was Which always, one is it the one of him craw- Spider-Man crawling out of the grave or is it the one with Craven uh, and Spidey kind of in the background kind of doing like a Batman I, type I like, pose. I like the crawling out of the grave one more. Yeah. That yeah, that's cool. a good one. Um so I was always hoping I would find that at like used bookstores and stuff. Never found it. I gotta say, Marvel compared to DC does not do a very good job reprinting their stuff. Yeah. Like, um, even like the Marvel Masterworks, like after volume one, it's hard to find anything. Yeah, it it is. Yes. So um Marvel. Guys, please do a better job. You got like 60 years of great stuff. Like, yeah, let's let's dig into those archives. Yeah, I mean, there's some classic books that you can always. You think there's a Stephen King book that you can't just go find anywhere? I mean, come on. Oh, yes. So um, since you did, is that all you had for Craven the Hunter? Yeah, we'll we'll say that's mine. All right. So I guess I'll move on to my thing. And mine's pretty quick and i guess i could, could combine it with another thing unless you have anything to add because this is like one i'm just like maybe you might have skipped over this i don't know if how you feel about this franchise but um dreamworks is going back and giving us a fourth installment in one of their long-running animated series and that is kung fu panda Oh, so this year we're in Kung Fu Panda four. And I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of the Kung Fu Panda movies. Like to me, I just think they're kind of dumb. Like um, I tried watching the first one. I didn't like it. And then I heard a lot of people like the second one. I tried to watch it. It just wasn't for me. Um, You know, earlier this last year, there we go, because 2024. Last year, I went to Universal Studios. It's actually where I got The mm-hmm. Simpsons at. Very cool. Yes. And I actually, I actually ate at Krusty Burger. Ooh. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And so I went to Universal, and they have like this DreamWorks theater. And for years, it was always a Shrek thing. And now it's a Kung Fu Panda thing. And I just remember being like, yeah, this is this is Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I mean, it, it was something to do to get out of the hot sun. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Shrek. I mean, I I'm always gonna think I would Shrek is um, like I would always like yeah I would be disappointed for it not being Shrek too. Yeah, Kung, Kung Fu Panda is okay. I, I I enjoyed the first movie back in the day. Rewatched it not that long ago, which and then I finally saw the others after that and uh didn't hit in the way i think i think honestly maybe the first one i still like the best out of nostalgia and uh as a first time viewer of the others as an adult it didn't quite it didn't quite hit i think it's pretty i think the first is pretty good though yeah i don't think i've seen the first one since it was in theaters but 
Yeah. It's got some yeah. good elements to it. Yeah. So I guess if that's all you have for Kung Fu Panda, I can move on to my next thing. Then. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't I don't uh I mean like uh, cool, I guess. I didn't I didn't know about this. Uh yes. really, I guess it's, it's pretty cool that it's getting you hear the rumor one. that they're doing a Shrek five? Really? Yes. Which I, mean, I, all- I, I don't know if I mentioned this. I saw um, the fourth Shrek for the first time recently, and it truly was so much better than the third one. Like I yes, always, I always 100%. assumed, I always assumed it was like because I always assumed the series was like falling off, and I saw the third one once, and I think that one and two are like a couple of my favorite animated movies. Oh, yes. um, and the third is like, whatever I saw it once as a kid and I just didn't I assumed it wasn't going to age. Well, I was kind of, I was, was kind of right. We were younger. It's just like, this isn't very good. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, then I finally saw the fourth one and I was like, it's miles better than the third one. Yes. And I, I can't believe I put off watching it for so long because of that. You know what I think happened with Shrek 4 that, like, people forget about it? Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's obviously not as good as the first two, but I think Shrek 4 is a, a overall really good movie and really tied things up nicely. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that kind of made people forget about it was, I think it was maybe a few weeks later that Toy Story 3 came out, and then oh, really? that would have overshadowed it. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, I even understand, like, as much as I thought Shrek 4 was pleasantly surprising when it doesn't compete with Toy Story 3. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, I just didn't expect it to be good. So it was like one of the biggest, like, upsets in how good I expected it to be versus how good it actually was. <laughs> so, oh, have you seen Puss in Boots The Last Wish? No, I really want to, though. It oh. looks really good. Retconning? It is my favorite movie of 2022. Oh, it is it is that good? I've heard such good things about it. It looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great. But um, let's let's stick on the topic of animated movies because also this year we are getting our favorite orange fat cat who hates Mondays. The Garfield movie is coming, voiced by our, our old friend Chris Pratt. Uh, what? He's Garfield now? I didn't know that. Yes. Now, maybe I should look that up just to make sure. I'm pretty sure because people were just like, what? Chris Pratt again? That makes way more sense than yeah, Mario. Chris I mean, Pratt he, played, Garfield. he played Andy Dwyer in Parks and Rec, which I'm currently rewatching. And like, he's kind of just a human Garfield in that. So, <laughs> well, no, that's that's incorrect to say. Uh, that's actually far off. He it's he he's he's like garfield but he's, yeah. maybe he's more like odie maybe he well is i was just like he might be more like odie because i was just th- like garfield has that like uh hate things cat attitude and that's so far yes. off from andy dwyer i think i was more just thinking the liking lasagna um oh, okay. remember in the office when that there was that one worker at the christmas party who's called garfield and Jim's like, why do they call you that? And she goes, um, oh, because anytime I see a thing of lasagna, I can't help but eat the whole thing. Oh, I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> well, can you imagine what it feels like having, that has that power over me? Wow. And then the, she's eating, and they're all cheering, Garfield, Garfield. Um, 
Wait, what was this from The Office, the season six Christmas episode where Michael dresses as Jesus? That's so weird how like I have an encyclopedic knowledge of that show and it sounds like you're making that up right now. You don't remember Garfield? I, no. Me, you know what? When I watched that episode, I watched the extended version that's on the DVD. Yeah, Maybe. I don't. Uh, it might be an extended thing. And I did watch all the extended ones, but it's just I, I don't have as much of a memory of the extended stuff. So, yeah, because I I don't watch the old version. I watch the extended one. Yeah. DVD, so maybe that's maybe that's it. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yes. I can't believe I said that Andy Dwyer was like Garfield. That's so off. <laughs> anyway, right now we just lost a bunch of people. Who are just like you're experts, right? You know about entertainment. You watch yeah. Parks and Rec. You watch it how many times? And then, yeah, I still think it makes more sense than Mario. And there's something there, but yeah, yeah. So. You know what? I don't really know much about the plot of the movie. There was a trailer that I haven't gotten around to watching, but I always like Garfield. You know, I don't care if it's controversial. You know, comparing like com- comic strips, I like Garfield more than Peanuts. But you know, yeah. I I have no strong feelings about that. I always used to like Garfield. I guess I consumed more Garfield as a kid than I did. Um, peanuts some garfield i think maybe later in garfield a lot of them just were kind of like felt pointless in terms of just the the comic strips um but i don't know i never was the biggest into like really short like three panel comic strips they're never really that i don't know sometimes sometimes they're lame yeah but uh and then i never see the garfield and friends tv show uh it's been like the no, no, from the nineties. Oh, oh, maybe I did. They used to have that one segment in the farm, like it was called like, oh my god, what was it? it? Was a farm one, and like there was a pig, a chicken, a duck that had like a flotation device, like one of those like floaty things that also had a duck and would kind of have similar yeah. facial reactions to him. There was like the egg that wasn't fully hatched but had legs and would walk around and talk. Yeah, the only thing I remember, and this might Orson's have, uh, Farm. I think that's what it was. Oh, okay. Um, the only thing I remember, and this may have kind of changed my my view. Like I remember the Garfield movie that came out in the mid two thousands that I think oh, was, was called Garfield. Bale Murray. Um. Uh. Maybe I. All I know is um like. As a dumb kid, uh, I feel like I always, I think the 2004 one is probably it. Yeah, it's 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting. <laughs> um, I think it was that one that, like, as a kid, when I would, I feel like every movie I saw, I would be like, that was the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and this was like the first time where I was like, there are better movies. There's like, like those, it was like one of the most n- like neutral, if not slightly negative I've ever felt about a movie up to that point. Um, I think the first movie I remember like disliking was Disney's chicken, chicken little. 
For a second, I thought you were going to say chicken run and I was going to go furious. No, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I was just like chicken, chicken little. Yeah. I almost said chicken run, but I was just like, that can't be it. That sounds yeah. like a different movie. But chicken, chicken little run, chicken run. Uh, that's that's Ardman. So like the people who made Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. Stop motion. Um, which that's get. Oh, I wonder, is that something I forgot? There's a sequel coming out. Yes. I don't know if it's this year or next year, but. Um, but anyway, I always loved that movie and looked at it fondly. And I think last year, the year before I rewatched it and like, I was like, why have I not been praising this movie my whole life? Like (laughs) I I liked it, but I didn't like think about it that much after I saw it. And now I think it's like one of the best animated movies to me. Chicken. Well, you know. I have the DVD that I got for my birthday back in 2005, and I still have yet to watch it. <laughs> but, um, one day. You should watch it because I honestly think it's pr- like in, in, in terms of like an animated series holding up for adults, it's like extremely good. Oh, yes. But uh, yeah, it's it's one I've been mean to. Like I got the DVD. I know exactly where it is. You just need to pop it in there. Hope it works. And uh Oh, Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget. Yeah, the new one is. is coming out in a week. Oh, well, there you oh, go. On, Net- on Netflix. Um, it looks like it was at a film festival in October and it's coming out. Yeah. So I guess I, I doubt I would have had a, another way to watch it. I don't remember it like going to theaters or anything. Yeah, I think it's it's a straight to Netflix one. That's cool. So it can't be on this list because I actually get no. sooner than 2024. Cool. Yes. In a way, it couldn't be on either list that we've done. That's yeah. Um, it's an awkward uh, mid-December release. Yes. Just like Aquaman. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'll have to retroactively um, see if that makes my top <laughs> movies of 2023 list. Oh, yes. Maybe you'll pull a Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much all I like. It's Garfield. I'll go see it. I'll look forward to it. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what we got. Cool, Garfield. Um, is there a way that I can sort of uh, piggyback off of that? I have one that I don't have much to say about. Uh, I'll cut. I'll talk about two animated movies. Uh, so first one. Uh, based on a little of the hype from the, I'm sure they're working on it for years and years before, but it feels in, it feels in reaction to the hype of the Mario movie. We're getting the, uh, ugly younger reject cousin of Mario in the form of Rayman's big movie. Rayman's big movie. Yeah. You know, you know, Rayman, I do not. So that that's proof right there for a lot of people. Rayman was their Mario because he was the PlayStation platformer like really? uh, Rayman. Yeah. So like, I mean, Crash Bandicoot was more popular. Yeah. But Rayman, uh, who is a guy with like a purple shirt and blonde hair and he his hands float, his hands and feet float away, like outside of him. Um, uh for for a lot of people rayman was like their mario and oh actually you know these days i think 
wait a second, because Nintendo, I think, owns some rights to Rayman now because now they're no, sorry, not Rayman. I got totally tripped up for a second and got confused with rabbits. So that's why I don't have much to say about this. I clearly don't have much. I played a Rayman game back in the day, but I feel sorry for people who uh, had this instead of Mario. This is like some alternate reality or something. I've never heard of Rayman. I mean, I'm not totally surprised you haven't heard about it, but it is like it was a pretty big franchise for, I think, PlayStation Probably the original PlayStation back in the day. 19, uh, 1995 would be older than that. Yeah, it was for M. MS DOS? Windows? Well, it looks like it was on. Oh, wait, no, it says PlayStation. PlayStation's older than I thought. It came out in, in 95. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was like a, an original PlayStation game. Um, and it had. I, I always remember hearing a few, quite a few years ago one of the newer rayman games rayman legends people raved about a lot yeah that's the latest one. Oh right rabbits was a spin-off of rayman have you heard of rabbits i have not okay this is a whole new world i've been introduced <laughs> to um anyway i mean the, ra- the rabbits are are kind of annoying um I never really liked them, and uh, it was pulling teeth to get me to play the game Mario, Mario and Rabbids, plus Rabbit Spark of Hope. But I was—I'm glad that I did because it's a great game. <laughs> it, I always hate they—they they force you. You have to have at least one rabbit on your team. And I, oh. every, every time I play it, like you have a team, you could have a team of Mario and Luigi and Peach. You have to have a rabbit in there. And I, I was, when I was playing those games, I That'd was be just so like, frustrating. I was just like, I just want to play as the Mario characters, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great game, though. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Rayman's big movie is coming out. The other animated one is um i don't imagine something you're excited about i'm not super excited about it but i did like the first of this movie at the time it's the only pixar entry i have on here inside out two. Oh yes and i did I, I like i liked inside out quite a bit um and i like the idea of this one i mean it sounds like the idea is anxiety shows up. So there's like a new character. Sometimes things really get sour when the whole plot is based on a new character being added. Um, case in point, uh, Sporky or whatever. Um, oh, Forky or uh, I can't hear you anymore. I don't know what happened. Forky, that little devil. Yeah, yeah, that little Wait, isn't it a spork? Why is he called Forky? Because Bonnie's a little idiot. Okay. Um, Forky. But anyway, I mean, I I, I like that. I I like the idea of them tackling anxiety in some way, and I I liked Inside Out uh, quite a bit. So we'll see. It could be, you know, it could be a Cars 2, Pixar failing at doing a sequel, or it could (laughs) be a Toy Story 2, Pixar succeeding at doing a sequel. That's true. So we'll see. Um, I guess I can at least say it's a little refreshing, uh, oddly enough, to 
have like a sequel to a franchise that I actually care about of Pixar <laughs> as opposed to random stuff that I don't care about seeing or sequels to franchises that I don't even like or sequels that don't seem good. Yeah. So that's nice. Yes. So that's all I got to say about those. So yeah. Inside Out 2, I thought it was all right. Like I didn't like it seemed like everybody loves it. I'm just like, it's fine. I mean, the thing that makes me a little bitter is it feels like ever since Pete Doctor took over and replaced John Lasseter, like it just feels like that's kind of like a formula they've been going with on and on. Yeah, that's why on. I didn't care about seeing that element one or whatever because um yeah. it just felt like inside out again. But yeah, and that's and that's why I think over the years my enthusiasm for inside out is waned because it does it's the the face of seeing like this is pixar's formula like almost seeing the skeleton of it too yeah too plainly and but at the time i didn't see it that way it felt like more like their formula enhanced to its greatest degree but uh and i still think it's good but it was the beginning of showing something too formulaic that they've proceeded to do with a lot of movies. Yeah. Although I will say, honestly, I think the premise of this one sounds more interesting than the first one. Yeah. There's something there. For yeah. Sure. And also maybe I need to look this up, but didn't they just put out a trailer for another Pixar movie, even though this was supposed to be the only mm. one. I don't remember seeing that, but let me yeah, see. Yeah, I think it was like some sci-fi, like, kidnapped by aliens movie. Hmm. I don't know if this will tell me much, but I can go to the official Pixar site in their upcoming section. Oh, Elio? It's 2025? Okay, so not, yeah. Oh, so it was originally yeah, scheduled to be March 1st, 2024. <laughs> Okay. That's kind of an interesting concept. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not, I, mean, I know we're talking about inside out, but it is nice how it's not just the same inside yeah. out formula. Again. That's, that sounds really different uh, than a lot of their formula. Um, maybe a little bit more like an, like an upper up or something like a, yeah. Um, and just in terms of it being more of an ad adventure. Yes. So I guess speaking of which, because we haven't brought it up at all. <clears throat> um, you know, Pixar has announced that one of their upcoming movies is going to be Toy Story 5. Oh, really? Yes. So, um, I mean, for me, my hope is like, have you, you, you haven't seen it, right? You haven't seen Toy Story 4. No, I decided to just kind of. You, you haven't had the unpleasure of well, saying yeah. that piece of garbage. Yeah. But, um, you know, because it said that it's going to have both Woody and Buzz, they're going to have to retcon the ending of the fourth movie. So it's almost going to be like the fourth one didn't happen. Exactly. My, my hope is like, I don't want the whole movie to be retconning it. Just do it like fast. Just yeah. do it like we don't have to go back to that fourth movie where you just tried to you threw Buzz and Woody under the bus for Forky. Yeah. 
Interesting. You know, maybe in a way, like the Toy Story trilogy is such like perfection. I don't know, maybe having a bad one kind of, you know, brought it and having like a bad one kind of made it feel more like maybe we can try stuff versus like, yeah, at first it's just like, oh, we can't, we can't ruin it. Well, y- you did. So <laughs> now pressure, you can, yeah, yeah. Now it is um, more or less like, oh, maybe we can go and see if we have an idea of exploring it and trying something. Yeah. Looking for that silver lining. Grasping yes. at, grasping at straws. One can only hope. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's it for my entries on this list. Not the entire list, but that entry on this <laughs> list. Um what's your next one? Well, mine one, I have one that, again, I don't have much to say about. And then there's the big one. So I'll just quickly say, this year, another fourth installment in an animated franchise, Despicable Me 4. That's right. The first, actually, the first Despicable Me was the first movie from Illumination. So I'll be honest, I've seen the first one, and that's it. I thought I didn't like it the first time I watched it, and then I rewatched it recently. I'm just like, eh, it's it's okay. Actually, the ride at Universal is pretty good, the Despicable Me ride. And I'm just like, it's it's fine. I don't really care that much, but I, like, I, I'll just be honest. It, it kind of feels like Illumination just kind of eh. Like it seems yeah. like. I get what they're going for, but they're just not as strong as like DreamWorks or Disney and Pixar when they're on their game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I haven't seen a lot of Illumination stuff except for the recent Super Mario Brothers movie, which I did think was good. But there's a there's a there's an air of not really being super brave with the stories or out yeah. there with the like. Um, like, uh, I mean, even if my enthusiasm for Pixar has waned quite a bit over the years, like, I still think that they are much bolder in what they attempt with their stories, even in the ones I don't like as much. So, yeah. yeah. And you know, by the way, speaking of you going to that Universal Studios in California last year, I did think it was a little weird how, like, they are so into illumination there. And the Kung Fu Panda thing was like the only dream DreamWorks thing that was there. Like they were just full just illumination. I'm just like, hmm. really? Is that the one you want? Yeah, I mean, Despicable Me and Slash Minions is really popular. So yeah. Well, let's talk about the big one, the movie I am most anticipating in 2024. This year. The Marvel Cinematic Universe only has a list of one movie coming out. And it's a better list than they've had in the last few years. <laughs> um, this year, we're getting Deadpool 3 oh, yeah. with Ryan Reynolds back as the Merc with the Mouth and Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine. Um, the Deadpool movies are ones that I've never had faith in. And they always surprise me. First yeah. one, I was like, this is going to be stupid and awful. Turned out to be great. And then the second one, I'm just like, well, can you really do it again? And not only that, but they did their best one. 
Now, I am a little nervous about Deadpool, who's a more comedic character, being in the MCU, which struggles with humor. Mm-hmm. As in, they're not funny. They think yeah. they're funny, but they're not. <laughs> but I am I am really rooting and cheering for it. I, I'm hoping it's good. It's just a little bit like, ugh, it's it's not under Fox now. It's under the MCU. And yeah. They struggle with their comedy, but look, they have the pieces there with Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds as Wolverine and Deadpool. So this is like of like all the upcoming superhero movies. This is the one I'm the most hyped for. And but there is something I think has to be said. And, you know, look, we want we don't want to be doom and gloom, but this has to be said. Now, look, the MCU is struggling now, and it's not just an opinion anymore. With the Marvel's box office, box office, it's now a fact. The MCU is struggling. But what? ever since Endgame, when they made the stupid decision to get rid of Iron Man and Captain America, and then when they got rid of Black Panther, and when they were they've been struggling with Spider Man. Obviously, No Way Home was great, but they've been struggling with Spider Man. Struggled with Hulk. Kind of made Thor a joke. What has been the thing people have been holding on to? X Men, X Men, X Men, X Men. So, and look, this is pretty much an X Men movie. You've got the two. Faces, uh, you got the two most popular characters from the X-Men universe, mm-hmm. Wolverine and Deadpool. Let's be honest. We all know it's going to be three because we all know Patrick Stewart's going to be back as Xavier. We all know that. <laughs> he was just in Multiverse of Madness. We all know he'll be in it somehow, some way. So this is our first MCU X-Men movie. And I... I think that if they do this right, it could breathe new life into the M- into the struggling MCU. Like Spider-Man No Way Home was kind of like if you take those what is Shocker Pal defibrillator, defibrillated yeah. a little bit. And then this, if they do this right, it could be another thing to try to kickstart yeah, some life for sure. But there is no other way to look at this. Is now the MCU's Batman versus Superman. This is their make it or break it. Because if they drop the ball on this, if they butcher their first like real X-Men movie, it's over. They're dead. Mm-hmm. There's no recovering from that. Mm-hmm. You can do Fantastic Four. You can do whatever. It just, if you screw this up, I mean, maybe Spider-Man 4, but like... Like, let's be honest, no one cares about the Avengers movies now because no one even knows who's in the team. Yeah. And X-Men has been the thing. People have been like, guys, even through She-Hulk, even through Hawkeye, we still got the X-Men coming. Boy, if if they drop the ball on this, it's game over. They just, it won't even, it won't matter. It will be the DCEU after Justice League. It just will be dead so yeah but i am hopeful it seems like this is kind of crossing off the last things we all wanted from the fox x-men franchise and i think this could bring that era to a proper conclusion 
even though we all know they'll be in Secret Wars, but um, <laughs> yeah, by far my most anticipated superhero movie of the year. Yes, it's only one superhero yeah. movie <clears throat> from the MCU this year. Yeah, but yet it's a better list than they had for yeah. 2023. So uh, yeah, and I know it's your probably on Deadpool three. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know it's probably you know partially because of the strike, but it's actually kind of a relief to be like, oh, only one movie. Ugh. Yes. That's so if you're only gonna have break. one movie, this is the one to do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could bring new life because, like, I mean, the I mean, I think part of the issue right now is that the Avengers worked at first. And they were like, oh, there's magic here. We got something. People like this. And then they started milking it to absolute death and getting every single possible like nugget of an idea to milk this one idea that worked. And it feels like you really need to, you know, focus on a new team to X-Men now. And uh, yes, then there will be kind of a new you've got your new focus to the universe right there. Um, and so that would be good and a relief if they can make it work. Yes. So, um, I guess before we move on, obviously MCU is struggling. This is bad. What do you think happens? Is it game over for them? Or do you think like no fans they'll 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 maybe give like a few more chances? Well, what do you think? I don't know. I, there's a part of me that almost thinks it could already be game over because a lot of times these like um, bringing people back for nostalgia multiverse type things just aren't working anymore. Uh, things you might expect people to go to the theater for just aren't really always doing it anymore. So it could already be too late. Um, but uh, well, I will say whenever you like read comment sections, X-Men is like the thing people still have hope for. Whenever you hear yeah. people say like they're giving up to like X-Men and some people still also say Fantastic Four, but they're just like, come yeah. on guys, X-Men. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's why I'm kind of saying it could just be dead anyway. Uh, we'll see. But if anything was going to bring life back into it, it's putting uh, you know uh, the magnifying glass over on X-Men, uh, focusing on that for a bit. If there's something that works in Deadpool 3, chase that and, uh, you know, that's your new era. Yes. So um, now, I, honestly, I, I still think the MCU is going to end after Secret Wars. I think they're going to reboot. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, honestly, if Deadpool 3 is great for me, I think Spider-Man No Way Home and Deadpool 3, like as a double feature, would be like the perfect kind of like finale. Like, yeah. it, it would be like... We crossed off the last things we wanted. We got a real Spider-Man movie. We got to have Toby back. We got to have Andrew back. And we got to have a real X-Men movie. And we got to have Hugh Jackman back. Yeah. I mean, All right there. They do They do kind of have that same spirit. I, if it's great. If it's on No Way Home's level, I'll say it. A better double feature ending to the MCU than Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I, I hope it's good. I, I like I love Deadpool, and it is also something that like I didn't necessarily have. It took me like over a year to finally watch Deadpool, and then uh, yeah, that was pleasantly surprised by both one and two. So I, that's the tricky thing is like it took them two really great movies to convince me, and now that I'm convinced, <laughs> they can disappoint me. <laughs> yes it's not even by the same studio anymore it's all so yeah. completely different now it's a little hard to tell it's, it's really hard to tell if i'm gonna like it you know what else could disappoint me oh what else is my last well wait oh no i forgot i have an entire another i separated upcoming movies and then upcoming horror movies of which i have a small list of additional oh, movies okay. but uh i separated that list so here's the last one non-horror movie one although i actually have another thing on this list that um i put on and then it's like yeah then i kind of we don't actually have it it was beyond the spider-verse and i was like oh man you are just pouring salt on that open wound yeah um you imagine how honestly if beyond the spider-verse is as great as the last third of across the spider-verse yeah. And Deadpool 3 is great. Could you imagine what a year that would have been as a Marvel yeah. fan? Yeah. And to clear, that, that isn't the one that I was saying I could be disappointed by. I'm saying that's like kind of not on my list because I don't know that it's going to come out in 2024. Oh, yeah. There's um, no way. There's Yeah. I, it doesn't even have an official release date right now. Yeah, exactly. So that makes it unlikely. Which is very frustrating. Like there's nothing to count down to. Yeah. So we'll see. It better come out. Um, but my actual, uh, one here I wanted to bring up is, um, and I actually didn't really hear that much about it until I started researching for this episode. And now it's become one of my most anticipated movies of 2024, uh, probably top three most anticipated. And that's Lord of the Rings war of the Rohirrim. Oh yes. So it's like a new Lord of the Rings movie like from like you know we had the the show which i finally started watching and um the amazon show yeah um i i, I don't know i don't remember if i talked about the show at all after i, I started watching so. it um because i'm i've kind of been a defender before even starting watching it because <laughs> i i guess i just i guess i just didn't like the ways that people were the the problems that people had with it irritated me even without seeing it um which i still stand by there are some really stupid reasons to be negative about something and a lot of people had those things about like they were they were hating it before even watching it and i was just trying to kind of quell against that uh, that said there's one thing i like about this series which is the uh casting and the story behind Galadriel, which is awesome. Everything else in the series is uh, so boring. <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. The Lord of people call Lord of the Rings movies boring. If they aren't into fantasy, this is how it feels to be like, I, I know how those people feel now. It lives up to the stereotypes in all the wrong ways. Yeah. Um, it had some good it had some good stuff but 
I kind of agree with a complaint I heard before that it feels like people are putting on a Lord of the Rings play and something feels kind of <laughs> off about it, like they're in cosplay and stuff. And then uh, it's just generally kind of didn't engage me that much, uh, except for the any part with Galadriel in it, which was awesome. Uh, so I don't know, not bad, but a little disappointing. Um, but this isn't like that studio as far as i know i'm as i think it's more the movies and Is it I, warner brothers doing that or i should recheck that i i i was gonna say yes but i don't feel that confident anymore for some reason when I look oh, up no. the let's see so it is Warner Bro- New Line Cinema Warner Brothers. So yes, it is the okay. same. It's directed by Kenji Kamiyama, who um, has done. Uh, let's see. Oh, Star Looks like Wars he's done a lot of anime stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. What an interesting choice. I can't comment that much, but like. That's a really a lot of ghost in the shell. Yeah, interesting. But this seems like it's going to be pretty like war oriented. It's tied heavily to the second Lord of the Rings book slash movie, uh, The Two Towers, which features the Battle of Helm's Deep, which is kind of like the central drama of that entry of the franchise and the book. Um, actually, it's a much I, I read the two towers this year and it's actually a much smaller part of the book than the, like in, if you watch the movie, you'd think it's like the main thing that happens in the whole story, but it actually is kind of glossed over in the book. Wow. <laughs> Just the whole battle of Helm's deep. Um, but, uh, I think the battle of Helm's deep is one of the most praised, um, parts of Lord of the Rings. But hey, anyway, I, I'm off track because the reason why that's relevant is because Helm's Deep is a s- great city in Middle Earth that is named after uh, Helm Hammerhand, which is a king who um, Helm's Deep was named after him. Um, and this is a 261 years before the events of the Two Towers. Um, it is. Uh, Helm Hammerhand and the the king and his, uh, a, 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 apparently a battle that happened. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, but I don't know every single bit of like supplemental lore, and so it'll it'll typically take a movie like this for me to learn about that supplemental lore. I'm pretty knowledgeable about the main trilogy and The Hobbit, but um, not a ton about the other stuff. Uh, and I think one thing that makes me pretty excited about this because the Hobbit was kind of (laughs) sloppy and for many years I would have said I liked it. And as time has gone on, I, I don't really think of the Hobbit trilogy as fondly. I just think it was a missed opportunity to make a one good I think I don't know if you have a movie like this, but in terms of like a movie that never got made or never came out that you most wish came out for me, it's the Hobbit directed by Guillermo del Toro. 
which is oh. what's gonna happen. And he was like heartbroken that it was like taken away from him. And they instead made this stretched out to three movies, throwing in tons of lore that wasn't in the book, trying to tie it more to um, the original like movie trilogy. And it became kind of sloppy because of that and felt very like Hollywood throwing something together had a lot of really good moments. Like I would totally be happy to cast Martin Freeman as Bilbo again. I thought he did a fantastic job, but um, I think that Guillermo del Toro Hobbit movie would have just had a lot more charm to it and been amazing. Um, This excites me because it knows what it is to begin with. And it's one movie. So yes, it's not a whole trilogy. I think that this could be really great. Oh, we'll see. Return to Middle Earth in the new Lord of the Rings. Yes. And uh, did you have? Is that was that all your movies? Um, I had um four left. Okay. Then yeah, you can bring up your next one. All right, so my next one is like super quick, and then it's a bigger one after that. So, Michael Keaton and Tim Burton are reuniting. No, sadly, not for a new Batman movie. Maybe one day, but um, we're getting Beetlejuice two oh, this yeah. year. So, I'll be honest. I've only seen the first Beetlejuice movie once. Like for me, when I think of Beetlejuice, it's not the Michael Keaton version. It's the animated version from the 90s that yeah. would play on Cartoon Network. Like, to me, that is Beetlejuice. Yeah. But um, I watched the first movie. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Ironically, there was less Beetlejuice in it than I thought there would be. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, um, I've heard that. I actually haven't seen it, but I've heard that about it. Yeah. Like, he is like, it, it's kind of odd how it's called Beetlejuice because he is a real secondary character in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, it's Tim Burton going back to, uh, like, one of his big things. So, reunited Michael Keaton. So, yeah, I hope it's good. But you, you haven't seen it. Did you ever see the cartoon? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So, I'm kind of yeah. the same way. I rewatched the cartoon recently. And, man, you know what's really nice and creepy? Some bad 90s CGI animation. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what made a lot of the early Courage is so scary. Is yes. There would, it, like, it was 2D animated, but occasionally there would be like a 90s CGI thing, like monstrosity. And it's, <laughs> there's something so uncanny about that. Yes. I don't know if I told you, but like last Christmas, I've only seen two episodes, but last Christmas I got the complete series of courage, the cowardly dog on DVD. Oh, Oh, yes. I've I've only seen two episodes. I've been meaning to go through it, but Oh, I was excited to see that. Great. And some of the later seasons have some really profound, good stuff. I actually, I, I just remembered, um, did this come out this year? I I saw the uh, Courage and Scooby Doo crossover. I don't oh, know. Oh, I think that was that. last year. Yeah, I finally saw that within like a couple months ago or something, and um, uh, it, was, it I don't know. It was weird. Like at times, I thought I liked it. A couple times, it had just the strangest bad moments. <laughs> I guess I just kind of I'm indifferent towards it, but. 
Uh, I saw it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's that's the. It was. Best it was nice. Yeah. I guess there were some nice moments of nostalgia. It was nice to see courage back, and and I, it, in a way, it felt a lot more courage than Scooby Doo in a lot of ways because it took place in nowhere. It yeah. was, uh, you know, this the, the Scooby gang going to Courage the Cowardly Dog. So I, I liked seeing some of the more history of nowhere and like it kind of felt like it deepened some of that lore. But um, <clears throat> there are just some there are just some weird moments. Oh, yes. Courage the Cowardly Dog is a perfect example of why you never want to go to the country. Exactly. Man, bad that, stuff happens. That solidified something for me for sure. Which, by the way, going back to um, um, the whole, uh, you know, engagement thing, uh, we like part of that. And we're mostly like thinking of having like the most untraditional wedding ever and saving a ton of money. But we did at first <laughs> start looking at some venues and some of them are way out of oh, the country. No. And oh, I, no, <laughs> I, I genuinely something that happened is we drove near we were sort of like going towards a venue and i was on a road and it was like oh i think it's that way and oh no it was down a dirt path and i was just like we're not going down a dirt path and i just we did i just didn't i just refused to go down the dirt path we didn't have an appointment follow that instinct we were the the only thing we were just gonna drive by it and we kind of did drive by it but I just didn't want to go right up to it because oh, it was yes. a dirt path that actively had horse poop in it. Oh, and yeah. I, I was just like, we could have to drive out of that at night. I'm not doing oh, that. That's even worse. <laughs> I mean, yeah. drive there at night. Yeah. You have to go there in the morning, but then the reception is there and stuff. And then every, everyone's there at night. I'm not going to be out in the country in the middle. Don't want to do that. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a good lesson. Um, it would be the um, what would it be? It'd be like um, <laughs> at your way, and you'd have like um, some of like the what are they called? People who help, I guess, waiter or something. Who's just like um, now you all have fun, but you're gonna want to leave here before dark. That's <laughs> yeah. when that stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, don't want that. That's oh no. You know, uh, I had to go to the country for I had my aunt has seventieth birthday, and we had to go to like this kind of creepy like motel restaurant place. Huh? And um, I was told, um, I was told that they didn't serve soda, but they had it like across the way in like <laughs> a, a vending machine. So I was just like. Man, if I have to eat this, I need I need like a soda or something. <laughs> so me and my sister, we walked across the street to the place and it's like dark. <laughs> and um it's just like for a motel, there was eerily no one in there. <laughs> and I just go Yikes. and there's, there's but there's music playing. There's music playing on these <laughs> crappy speakers. I go into the vending machine and I get like a Mountain Dew. And then, like, um, I got, like, some other drinks, too. Because I am not going back there. I am yeah. putting everything in my thermal pocket. And um, I turn around, and there's this, this, this guy. He's just, like, 
can I help you with anything? It's like, no, oh, no. <laughs> he just scared the crap out of me. And then we got back and he, he somehow beat us there. I'm just like, I'll just get here first. You wore no way. That's not possible. Oh, yeah, wow. It was that creepy country friendly. Like, um, y'all have a good night. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it you was, know, wait, what, what was, uh, the, um, it wasn't my turn because I actually have something that goes into this. Um, um you know, we'll make it your turn. Yeah. Um, because I, I always think it now, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I would think it was this year when I finally mentioned that I finally saw the, um, the, uh, a24 horror movie called X and its sequel, uh, well, prequel, uh, Pearl, um, which are basically like what happens when you go to the country horror movies <laughs> like X. The first one is basically a slasher kind of movie where a team of people recording a certain kind of movie go out into the middle of the country somewhere. I think I think in Florida or Georgia or something um, there. I think Florida because there is an alligator. <laughs> um and it's it's literally like they go to the door and they're just like hey we we agreed to meet here and he has a shotgun and he's just like <laughs> they're walking on eggshells the whole time it's just this weird old man and old lady in the middle of the country and they act very weird it's very like that scenario that we we talked about and yes. then pearl is the prequel that is the creepy old lady's story beforehand um, that movie's a lot weirder, but I would say almost even better. I love both of them about equally. The third, to make it a trilogy and end it all oh, out, is coming out in 2024. It's called Maxine. And that is um, the actual sequel to X, um, focusing on, I think, what the main character of X does after X, which I guess is kind of what I expected the next one to do, but then, it, you know, it ended up being a prequel and about not the main character of X, but about the old the lady. Old lady. Um, and so this is going to actually be seeing what happens after X. And it, and part of the reason I expected Pearl to go more into it is because the end of X has some kind of like really like unexpected information, almost not quite a twist, but some information is dispensed right at the end of the movie. That's like, Oh, there was something deeper going on here that I didn't even pick up on about the main character. And so that got me really excited to see and learn more about this Maxine. Uh, so yeah, that's what that's, that's also one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Oh so yes. That, that'll be it for, for that. Oh, yes. So I guess I'll move on to my thing. Now, it was talked about earlier. Marvel Studios only has one movie coming out this year, and so does DC, because we are getting our sequel to Joker. Oh, yeah. Joker, Filet Adieu. Now, the thing that separates this movie from the first one is that it's going to introduce Harley Quinn, played by Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, I have kind of like mixed feelings because 
Look, I thought the first Joker movie was really good. Um, <laughs> it, it does a really good job of making you feel uncomfortable, which is what they're going for. Yeah. But um, part of me is just like, can we really do it again without Batman? I mean, to be fair, Batman is in it and you see, you know, his kind of his you see Batman's origin story in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just as I mean, as an audience member, it does set up like, oh, yeah, one day, one day someone's going to stop this dude and we see who it is. Yeah. So you don't feel like total crap watching the whole movie. Yeah. And I almost worry about, like, if you don't have Batman, are you maybe turning it into a gimmick? But, um, mm. you know, in the Suicide Squad movie, they kind they addressed Harley Quinn's origin, played by Margot Robbie, a little bit. But it was mostly kind of skipped over, and they more focused on assembling the Suicide Squad. If they do an adaptation of um, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini's Mad Love storyline, which tells Harley Quinn's origin story about how she was a psychologist and fell in love with him, that could be something really interesting to see. And yeah. um, I wish Batman was in it. I <laughs> hope that we, get, you know, in a perfect, I would just settle for like if young Bruce Wayne has grown up a little bit. And he's like kind of just fighting with a ski mask or something or just proto Batman, just something. I, I wish we had Batman in it, but you know, if they do the mad love storyline, it could be something interesting and they did a really good job with the first one. So mm-hmm. here's hoping, I mean, it's always hard for me doing a, it's a villain, but without the superhero. So it's a spinoff without the main character. It's a little, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that's what yeah. a spinoff is, I guess. Um, but yeah, should be interesting. I did really like Joker, but I don't know, for some reason, I don't know, maybe somewhere in my brain, I felt like I didn't give myself permission to like it as much as I did because, um, (laughs) some disconnect, um, but I did really like it. So I should be excited for this. And I, I I like delving more into Harley Quinn as a character. Harley Quinn's a really good character when you actually give a her like a chance to be a significant character. So, um, so that's good. Cool. Yeah. Um, looking forward to that. Um, I'll use this as an opportunity to quickly rattle off, um, some of the other upcoming horror movies I have on my list that I don't have that much to say about. Um, yeah, my next two, I don't have much to say. Yeah. So, smile to a kind of surprise did you see the first one yeah i was surprised like that i thought it was going to be just a gimmicky horror movie and i thought it was way way better than i expected oh wait um remind me when we're done talking there's a horror movie i wanted to ask you about if you've seen okay or if you're good if you plan on it because i watched the channel like man this is messed up yeah i would love to be asked about that um so yeah, smile, but smile two is coming out and I don't have much to say about it because it's just the first one. It's like a gimmicky concept, but it really works. And, uh, I was just surprised how good it was. And I, I don't mind a sequel. Um, next one, uh, no, there's no date for this one. I actually, it 
could easily be 2025. But I did hear that there is going to be a Talk to Me sequel, um, which is my favorite movie of from last episode, my favorite movie of 2023. Uh, it's going to uh, a prequel, actually. The prequel. the beginning of the movie alludes to like who had this cursed item before the character we're meeting. And so I think there's going to be a prequel where we're seeing that story. So that's interesting. Um, Salem's Lot. I feel like this may even be in some kind of development hell situation because I feel like I talked about this last year. It does but, sound a bit familiar. But Salem's Lot is an adaptation of uh, one of the, I think, most liked Stephen King novels, which is kind of his vampire novel and uh that is getting an adaptation this year uh this coming year um and last no details untitled to the public movie at this point but there is a new jordan peele horror movie coming out in 2024 late 2024 all we know is that the release date is christmas day 2024 which i think i've seen some people speculate maybe it's a christmas horror movie but um, that's all we really know. I mean, has and it been filmed yet? Or I, I think um, there's very little about it. it just it, there's a movie he directed coming out on Christmas in 2024. Well, um, so we, we can make that release date. Yeah, I hope so. Especially if it relies on the release date. Okay. Oh, I yeah. I only have one more uh, movie to bring up. All right. So I have, um, I guess I don't have much to say. So I guess we can jump back and forth about it. So Sony, our old friends at Sony, man, are they cranking out the superhero movies this year? Of course, not the one we wanted, but whatever. We will get to it when we get to it. We're getting our third Venom movie. That's right. Now, we don't know that much about it, but it's the third one in the series. That's pretty much all we know. It's number three. And in a way, that's all we need to know. Um, Venom is kind of like Deadpool for me, where I never have faith in it. But, you know, I I like them. Not as much as Deadpool, but I'm just like, you know, they're they're pretty good. There's something to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, whenever I go through like the Marvel or Spider-Man movies, I'll pop them on. Um, I like, I honestly, I like the first one a lot more on the second one. The second one, it felt like it tried to get too goofy and stuff, but you know, I hope it's good. You know, it would be cool that some people have been bringing up online would be Venom versus Craven. That'd be really, that cool. would yeah. be one I'd want to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, although I could say, you know, Deadpool 3 has Wolverine. Maybe Venom 3 could have Spider-Man, one of them. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all we know is there's a third Venom coming. I hope it's It's number three. It's number three. (laughs) The trilogy concludes. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, my last movie before we get into the other categories, I'm inexplicably excited for this. Like, I don't know. I just uh, it's kind of random that I'm really excited for this, I guess. Um, But I like horror themed stuff. I've in 
haven't always been this way, but I've been starting to get into like vampires with, you know, what we do in the shadows being a more comedic take. And then my D and D campaign being vampire gothic horror based. And for research for that, I've been like reading Dracula and stuff. So you've been reading original Dracula. Yeah, it's good. It's not too dense or anything. I mean, afterwards you have to read the biography of the real Dracula, Vlad the Impaler. That's that's true. Yes. Um, so um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been getting into vampires uh, as a as a subject in horror. Um, and one of the most famous vampire stories is a big part of history of movies too a movie from 1922 nosferatu nosferatu the vampire no that's the remake nosferatu 1922 german expressionist movie that um i always uh seem fascinating and creepy uh like really early horror movie um but unfortunately because it's from 1922, it's kind of hard to watch. <laughs> um, There's be no sound, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think it's silent with music in it. Um, well, so there's would have been like um, they would have had someone at the theater yeah, playing, playing it. Music. But yeah, the version that I started watching once and fell asleep to. It, uh, has it lulled you to sleep. Yeah. Um, but there's a. Uh, <sighs> There's a Nosferatu movie. I don't know to what extent to call it a remake even because I doubt it's going to be like, you know, faithful to a <laughs> silent movie from 1922. One but can only hope. Yeah, but it's about Nosferatu the vampire. And it, the aspects that make it more interesting, I mean, one, uh, Bill Skarsgård is the vampire, uh, Nosferatu, who played uh, Pennywise the clown. Um and it's also directed by Robert Eggers, which like after Ari Aster is kind of like one of my other go-to horror directors that I really like and respect. He made The Witch and The Lighthouse. Um, and so like seeing that like classic vampire tale being directed by one of, I think, one of the really good um horror directors right now got me really really interested uh so yeah nosferatu oh yes coming out all right so this is the last movie i had to bring up we have a prequel to a live action remake of an animated movie there you go so in 2019, we had uh, our, quote, live action. It was basically very expensive CGI remake of The Lion King, which a lot of people were hyped for and hated. And I'm just like, I don't know how you can hate it. I mean, it's not like it's utter dog crap. I mean, yeah. it's nowhere near as good as the anime, as the traditional anime movie, but it's fine. I mean, it followed it beat for beat. But... You know, I guess it just didn't work for people. But they are doing a prequel called Mufasa, the Lion King, 
boy, I hope he survives this one. Wouldn't that be nice for once remove Fossa <laughs> finally get the happy end? Yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know much about it. I'm pretty sure it has Scar in it. Um, let me look that up real quick. But yeah, and it also will have Timon and Pumbaa and Rafiki. Cool. Basically, everyone but Simba. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, look, I'll be honest. Would I rather have it be if they were going to do this idea? Would I rather have it be to the animated to the 90s version? Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe kind of like Toy Story 5. Maybe it's just like this takes a little pressure off if we're not mm -hmm. going to like one of the most celebrated animated movies of all time. Yeah. So I hope it's good. I'll be honest. The fact that it's an original story kind of makes me go, it might not be that great, <laughs> right. but at least we know for once Mufasa is going to get the happy ending for once. Mufasa will be the one to survive the end credits. Finally. Although what if like Mufasa's father dies and we just find out like there's this whole lion family just has all these tragedies happen, which makes us a little bit more concerned for Simba in the future. Yeah. Not a good family history. Unless there. Scar was the one behind all of it. <laughs> like uh, that'd be a good he twist. He killed his father. He killed his grandfather. It's just, yeah, he's always been there. Because um, not that you would know this off the top of your head, but when can like lions have babies? <laughs> oh, I know that off the top of my head. <laughs> you you, you seem like you old? might know a vet or something. You mean like how old? Yeah. Well, uh, here's where my educated like some guess dogs can have go. babies when they're one, right? That's what I was gonna, here's where my educated guess will go. Uh, like just cats could be like six months old and have a baby, which is crazy, but it happened. Uh, our cat was born from like a six month old mother who just got out before she was even able to be uh, spayed. Oh, wow. Like she literally had an appointment the next week to get spayed and then got out. And when she came back, she was pregnant with the greatest, most wonderful joy of my life. So that's, <laughs> that's Fido's story. But, <laughs> One um, day Fido needs to get that tattooed on his or her arm. Just like the greatest yeah. joy. Yeah. What was it? The greatest furry joy of Fido's <laughs> life. Yes, exactly. He wasn't supposed to be here. Yes. But um, he found a way to exist. Yeah. And I was also there. I, I always like to tell this story to people. I was the only one there when he was born because See, um, for a second, <laughs> I got a little concerned that you say, and I was there when he was conceived. <laughs> Let me tell you no, something. No, it, it was pretty freaking beautiful. We don't even totally know who the father is. Oh, it's like Maury. <laughs> it's yeah, just... but this was uh, this was my uh, um, my significant other's roommate at the time, Pat, uh, female cat who got out just before she was spayed, and she was pregnant. Like it and... actually ran away and then came back. Yeah. Um, so it knew something was going on. I didn't want it to have one last just yeah. orgy fest. <laughs> yeah, just of fun and happiness. You know, I think it may have been a more that she was a sometimes outdoor cat that was gone for like a full like two or three days unexpectedly. And they were worried. And then she eventually came back, but pregnant. 
but um uh it's i like was, that trip to vegas yeah the so the cat eventually was uncomfortably pregnant like uh, i've never been around a cat that pregnant before and it was like very clearly about to have a baby uh and i was it, just over, mul- it has multiple ones right yeah they have a litter usually so and you were there with a the cat and you could see like the arms <laughs> coming out of its stomach and that's what i was gonna because <laughs> my uh kaylee my significant other went to like take a shower or something it was gone for like 20 or 30 minutes or something just kind of like getting ready and i was just downstairs at a stranger's home and with the pregnant the, cat the roommate was gone and then the cat started meowing like crazy and i literally had a moment where i looked at the cat and saw something move like the belly move and then she was gone and then i was like i think she's going a way to have the babies i need to who do i talk to i i, I was like having trouble You're like contacting. is this when you call 911 or something <laughs> yeah and but i was reassured eventually that like you know they know what to do and there's already like a couple places set up in the house that are comfortable places for them to have the cats um so um I was kind of the one informing everyone. Like, I'm pretty sure she's uh, giving birth right now. And then, uh, yeah, uh, later that day, uh, there were. You were the one who had to yell push. No, I didn't see any of that. The umbilical cords. Either later that day or the next morning or something, I did go in, in their closet. There was a laundry basket where the mother was laying and there were three little baby kittens um one of them didn't make it because that's common some there's like a runt of the litter but um the other two uh there's a gray one and an orange one the gray uh the orange one is still owned by that uh roommate uh at that house and uh the gray one was adopted by you know my by, by kaylee and now is also my cat but uh i just always like to point out to people that even though he wasn't my cat at first <laughs> i really am the one who was there with him when he was born <laughs> yes so um boy how did we get to oh yeah so oh yeah, that, so... <laughs> my educated guess was that like I, I would guess just a little longer for a line because they're bigger so maybe a year yes Maybe so. It's possible that Scar could have killed generations. Yeah. Of um, the family. it doesn't take long. Yeah. It doesn't. So maybe that means Simba's safe as Scar's and dead. I'm sure that like wild lions and stuff don't like live super long, but at least a few years if they're safe, maybe in captivity or something. I bet they live really long. But like we all know, like let's try to look. This regular up. cats live like twenty years. So yes. You could kill like 20 generations. <laughs> scar being that little serial <laughs> Maybe that's how he got the scar. Yeah. It was like, it was after his first attempt to kill his father. Yeah. And then the dad was just like, gotta keep an eye on that one. Mm-hmm. Gosh, another rabbit hole. Yeah. They, it keeps coming faster every year. Yeah um gosh can we move on i actually um i just did i bring i think i might have forgot to rattle this one out knives out three is also coming out um oh there's next year really knives out three already yeah um already it says 2024 
Um, I mean, it doesn't have a name yet, but honestly, Glass Onion didn't, we didn't know the name until like right before it came out either. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a trilogy now. So that's pretty exciting. Is it straight to Netflix or, uh, I, I don't know yet. Maybe similar glass onion was like select theaters and then to Netflix, probably something similar. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I forgot to bring that up. So, but how about we get off of movies for a second? Yes. We've given them enough time to shine. Yeah. So those are movies we're most looking forward to. Yes. So, um, Next, uh, I know you said you had one maybe question mark g- game that you're looking forward to, and I have a few as yes. well. Um, well, since you only have one, I guess I can start out. Um, uh, the accusations that I am, you know, a Mario shill advertiser not going away <laughs> because there are three, there are three Nintendo games. I'm really looking forward to that. I'll list off here. Um, Mario versus Donkey Kong. I guess we're back to the rivalry. Um, oh yes. So is this the grandfather or is this the grandson? No, this, I'm pretty sure this is classic Donkey Kong, but apparently right. there, there's still some rivalry. Um, so there's a game called Mario versus Donkey Kong, which appears to be some like a plat- 2D platformer type of thing. Probably is Donkey Kong ugly. good in the movie because I heard a lot of people didn't like him. Um, he was kind of a bad boy. Um, he uh, he, he kind of had a ri- rivalry with, but he eventually helped Mario though. There was just kind of like a um. At first, there was like something that happens where they kind of have to fight, but oh. then, uh, yeah. Nice so all back to yeah. this is origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. So Mario versus Donkey Kong looks interesting. Um, there is a remaster of the game uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, which. Um, uh paper mario is a really great n64 game that i always really loved and is kind of the closest thing that was ever anyone ever got to like a super mario rpg sequel because it's kind of a turn-based rpg like those games were but i never actually played thousand year door and i keep hearing from so many people that's like the best paper mario game um so I think those will, you know, get me to finally play that. I'm looking forward to that a lot. <clears throat> and then we're getting the rare. I don't know that it has ever happened before, at least in a bigger game, to my knowledge. But the, f- the first, to my knowledge, game starring Princess Peach. Um, oh, Princess Peach Showtime which is kind of a game where you control princess peach and it's kind of like a stage show theme theatery theme and it looks pretty creative pretty interesting so yeah those are some nintendo games uh and i have one other game to bring up so 75 percent nintendo so uh we'll we'll go to you and then i'll bring up my other one all right. So, actually, I realized I had two, but one, um, I, 
is just a quick thing I can shout out. So, um, one that has is confirmed for this year. It was supposed to come out last year. That Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. Oh yeah, the next installment in Rock Steady. Right, because Rockstar does Grand Theft Auto. Rocksteady's yep. Batman Arkham Universe. And, you know, it's Suicide Squad. I wish it was just a Justice League game, but obviously we love the Arkhamverse. And it needs to be said, again, it looks like this is our... We're going to get one last adventure. One last time we're going to hear new lines of Batman performed by the legendary... He is vengeance. He is the knight. Kevin Conroy himself. Yeah. Completing his 32 years of voicing the Dark Knight. So, obviously, uh, that's a big one. So, I mean, honestly, even if I don't, I probably won't get the game the day it comes out, which are they usually Friday or Tuesdays? Are they like movies? Um, I think these are Tuesdays or? Gosh, I think games are still typically Tuesdays. Because like okay. um, a lot of the, like um, I know albums used like music albums used to be Tuesdays and they switched to Fridays. Like I remember when that happened, it was kind of jarring. Oh, uh, but yeah, music comes out on Fridays now. Um, but I kind of want to say that games still come out on Tuesdays. Oh, okay. Well, where, wherever the weekend it comes out, even if I don't play the game, just in celebration. To the end of a great era, I'll probably go through like all the Kevin Conroy Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you can finally so, see what those parts that he's in are. Yeah, it looks like a pretty good game. Oh yes. Now, I don't know how because it's not like movies or TV where I know where is where to go for like accurate info. I've heard there's like been a little bit of trouble behind the scenes, but hopefully it'll be good. I mean, it's yeah. rocks that they did such a great job. With those yeah. three games. Yeah, I, I, I hope it's, it's good. I mean, yeah, the fact that it's, it's like supposed to come out this year and it didn't is somewhat of a red flag. But yeah, yeah, hopefully it's good, especially since it has a very important, has some very important voice lines. Yes. So, <clears throat> all right. My, um, my last game I'm going to bring up, um, it's from a, a little series that uh, I've been really liking, and it is the uh, third um, game in that series called Little Nightmares. Um, the this is like a very a little nightmares, spooky, scary, two uh, D platformer puzzle game uh, that. Uh, it's it's very weird it's like it's got like a whimsical sort of uh like childlike nature to it but it like adds to the creepiness um uh hard to explain very mis very mysterious vibes that i really like from the series and great art um and the first one was like a game that came out of nowhere and blew me away and then the second one came out a couple years ago and i had a really great experience having a friend come over and having me watch me play the whole thing 
and he apparently spoiled it for himself and was like waiting for me to get to this point at the end where there's a big like twist ending and just waiting for my reaction and it was amazed because it has quite a twist ending which leads into what number three is um so very interested to see i mean these are even just nice to play through for the art direction and the style of it um just kind of going through the world uh kind of a nice spooky that i i really like oh yes without being like overtly like um as much as i like horror i don't always flock to horror games because it feels too much like i'm in control and it scares <laughs> me too much yes but little nightmares is has like yeah it's not that it's got some really scary moments but it's yeah it's not like a super serious horror game or whatever i don't know uh I mean, you collect hats in it. I mean, it can't be that. <laughs> it can't um, be that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it. How about we talk about upcoming TV to end it all out? Oh, yes. Well, I did have one game. Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure if it came out this year. But, I mean, apparently soon we're going to get a Wolverine game oh, set yeah. in the same universe that's right. as the Spider-Man games. And I finally got 100%. On that Spider-Man game, finally unlocked yeah, wow. the Spider-Verse suit, and yet the game is over. So in a way, it feels like the whole thing was a bit of a waste of time. <laughs> but right. apparently, once I play it again, and I will, I'll uh, be able to wear that suit along with Toby and Andrews. But yeah, yeah, um, you, you it's not an official release date, but I um, love that Spider-Man game. So hopefully, it's good. You have that on PS5, right? That you yeah got recently. Um. Does PS5 still have trophies? Or like, yes, they you, do. Yeah, yeah. Did you get 100% trophies? I don't know. I haven't uh, looked. Sometimes I mean, those if are you hard. look at the thing, it says it's all 100%. Okay. Sometimes there's in-game, and then there's also the trophies. A lot of times they align, so you probably did. Oh, but okay. There are some games where it's really hard to get all of those. <laughs> I know. Like, I've been playing Batman Arkham Knight because I'm just like trying to get like to get the ending where you see that he survives. Mm -hmm. But the thing I didn't do was the stupid Riddler challenges and yeah. I don't like doing them. So I'm considering just abandoning it. And just yeah. Going back to Arkham Asylum and one day starting over. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm hoping that this Wolverine game is good. I loved yeah. that. But real quick, before we got, we get into TV, do we want to do one comic book thing that's very Oh, exciting. sure. Yeah, if you got something. Yes. So I've said before on here, one of my favorite things that Marvel Comics has ever done was the Ultimate Universe, which began with Ultimate Spider-Man 2000, followed by Ultimate X-Men, The Ultimates, which was an Avengers comic, and then Ultimate Fantastic Four. Marvel has now rebooted the Ultimate Universe, so bringing it back, but it's not the same versions. It's a completely new universe. And I think this is great because one of the, like the frustrating things like for me is that just looking at the way comics are now, especially with Marvel, there's no like gateway for people to get into like comic books. Like yeah. 
I mean, like the best way is like if you want to get into comic books, like just start when the writer started. Like you just go mm-hmm. back there and you'll be fine. But there's not there's nothing like here's an easy way to jump into. And the ultimate universe was that for our generation, and now they're bringing it back. But it's going to be different this time. So there are three series in this new Ultimate Universe, and that's Ultimate Spider-Man by Jonathan Hickman, Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate Black Panther. So obviously, like three great ones to start with. I don't really know much about Ultimate X-Men or Ultimate Black Panther. I'm hoping that like Ultimate X-Men has just like just at least have Wolverine. That's all I ask. Just have Wolverine and we'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man comes out in January. That is like my most anticipated comic book of the year because we have this written by Jonathan Hickman, who it did such a great job with like Avengers. And he did the recent secret wars from 2015. I guess it's not that recent now, but it was, <laughs> it feels yeah. recent. And this book is kind of like, it's kind of like a book about Peter B. Parker from Spider-Verse. It, oh, it's awesome. like if you took Spider-Verse, Peter B. Parker, and combined it with Superman and Lois. That's this awesome. book is about an older Peter Parker. I think they're changing it to where he starts being Spider-Man when he's older. Interesting. Yeah, and he's married to Mary Jane. He's got two kids, a son and a daughter. And it's just like, it's kind of funny to see like all these people are just like, oh my God, finally we're getting like a, a grown up Spider-Man. Not like this. Cause you know, the thing about Marvel comics right now is cause they're refusing to reboot. Their characters are kind of like in a state of limbo mm-hmm. of like, well, we want, cause like the first like 30, 40 years of Spider-Man was just him growing up. But now they're in the point like, well, we can't really have him age. So he's got to kind of be this weird man, baby type thing. But now it's just like, all right, here we go. One person's vision, clean slate. And I am so excited for it. I loved the way he wrote Peter Parker in the secret war storyline. Just ultimate Spider-Man is back but it's a completely different version. Um, It just everything about this from just giving us something new with the character, giving us a new vision and a way for people to jump on just everything about it seems good. And I believe if I heard right, he actually will be referred to as Peter B Parker in the series. So there we go. Cool. Well, that's a big, that's a big year then. Yes. Very cool. Um, nice place for me to hop in too, because I have that same issue. Oh yes. Um, I, I have no doubt it'll be great under Jonathan Hickman. Cool. Um, so shall we talk about TV to end this all out now? Yes. I don't know how many TV shows you have. I only had two that I could think of off the top of my head. Um, let's see. I think there's a long, list of like i don't have much just not a long list there's a there's one entry that could be a few that i'm gonna rattle off that i don't have much to say about and then uh two other ones that i have more to say about i guess so i guess i'll do three okay yeah whenever you feel like you're at nice like break point you can toss it over okay um 
One of them, I you might say, so I'll hold off on that. But I'll talk about these other ones. Um, first, some new seasons of shows that I like. Um, one interesting one is Squid Game Season 2, which Squid oh, Game is yes. one of my favorite shows of that year. Have you watched um, the reality show? Yeah, I don't know what that is. They They took... They're, I mean, not like they're killing people, but they're actually having yeah. people compete in the actual games. Interesting. It's really good on Netflix. Oh, oh uh, yeah, I didn't know. I'll have to check th- that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're basically just like kids' games. I don't know. It, it, uh, it's something feels... they're getting shot with bullets, they get shot with paintball guns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that, that is very interesting. I do think it's odd, like, to like it feels sometimes against the spirit of the show to like emphasize it being really fun like i also always think it's weird like when people mistake that like the hunger games is like somehow pro violence like uh, some some people have really bad media literacy like it's supposed to be cool it's like it's really dark you know it's children killing each other for entertainment you know uh it's not the kind of stuff that people it's not the price is right where people are excited come on down yeah it feels so it feels weird when people treat it like harry potter or something where it's like what would you do in this situation like it's just like this is a dark story okay And that's how I feel about Squid Game sometimes too. Where I, there were a bunch of YouTubers when I came out who were just like real life Squid Game, and it's like this is a really dark story about people being exploited so heavily by like capitalism that they're willing to like kill each other for a little bit of money. Um, so yeah, I guess um, they're gonna make more money off this franchise now. Um, because there's going to be season two. Didn't necessarily feel like I needed it, but I like the show enough to where I'll definitely watch it. Does it make sense for there to be a season two or did it feel wrapped up? It doesn't like not make sense because it's such a robust world that they've created in this one season that it feels like there's a lot more to talk about, but it also definitely didn't feel like a cliffhanger whatsoever. It was very wrapped up. Um, but there's certainly other stories to tell, but yeah. Um, and yeah, then we got Stranger Things season five, which is the last season of Stranger Things. Final season. Yes. So I'll be excited to see that show wrap up. Been a fan of that for years. Um, I found the first season of this. Okay. Pretty good. And to the point where I might watch season two which was wednesday um, oh okay uh yeah Seemed less enthusiastic than i remember i don't remember i i like it it's i guess it's it's another like seven maybe even 7.5 out of 10 okay like, pr- pretty good um so yeah that that'll be fun and then last one i'll bring up for this is there is um this is this is risky but there's apparently a live action Avatar The Last Airbender sh- series coming out, which is yes. like the last time we tried that, it was one of the worst movie atrocities of all time. M. Knight would uh, say that it was great. <laughs> M. Knight is very mm, proud. Yes. So, but I think. Have you actually watched the whole thing? No, God, no. <laughs> 
But I think that there's some kind of hope out there that this is actually going to be, you know, at least passable. So, yes, it's Netflix, um, right? I think so. Okay. So, yeah, not much to say about a lot of those, but and on some level excited about all of those and willing to check those out. So, what's yours? Oh, yes. Well, um, as I said earlier in the last episode, for me, the best superhero adaptation of the 2020s has been Superman Lois. And the show is coming back one last time because... This year in 2024 is returning for its fourth and final season. That's right. So, you know, Superman Lois is like such a victim of just like horrible circumstances where it came like right season two. We had great first season. And then during like right before season two, or maybe it was, it was, in during the second season, Warner Brothers was bought by Discovery, and they decided both to sell off the CW and have Nexstar take over, who is deciding let's just rerun a bunch of crap and put on sports. Yeah, and Warner Brothers Discovery has decided we want to do what Marvel's doing and have our movies and TV shows be connected, which. Um, the Marvels has shown that like that experiment is a total failure. Like that's not just my opinion anymore. That's now a fact. The mm. Marvels is now definitive proof that that experiment is a failure. But <clears throat> um, I was 50-50 on if it would come back for season four. But we did get the news that's coming back for fourth one, and then they announced it's the final one. And all I can say is, you know what? There was nothing in the superhero genre I wanted more. Like, go back to our old episodes. There is nothing I wanted more than a Tyler Hecklin Superman show. I wanted that more than Michael Keaton coming back as Batman. I wanted it more than Toby and Andrew coming back as Spider-Man. I mean, we all it all worked out in the end with with all those wishes. But um, yeah, there was nothing I wanted more than a Tyler Hecklin Superman show. And not only did it happen, it's great. It is like, even if this final season is like totally a train wreck, it is now tied with Smallville as my favorite superhero show of all time. And, you know, whenever like during the early days of like Flash and Gotham and Arrow, I'd be like, you know what? Just give me four. That's all. You know what? Once you get to four, it's I don't feel like if you get canceled like after season four, I don't think you can be like, well, that show was short lived. It's just like, yeah. you know what? I think four is like the bare minimum to be like, you can't really complain. It's enough. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I remember like we were we weren't <clears throat> getting news because on the bubble. I'm just like, come on, just give us four. That's a yeah. nice number. And we're getting it. We're getting four seasons of for me, like one of the best superhero shows of all time. Tyler Hecklin is tied with um, Christopher Reeve and Tom Lane as my favorite Superman actor. And it's just been, you know, as a fan of Superman who has seen the character boy go through some poor adaptations, like on the big screen. Yeah. You know, the thing about Superman and Lois is that like with Smallville, 
It was about grounding the character, and it was the show about Clark Kent showing how great Clark Kent is. And, you know, you had Superman Returns, you had the DCEU versions that didn't work. But, man, with Superman Lois to, you know, do a callback to the old Christopher Reeve movies, Superman Lois made me believe a man can fly. And it's a show I will continue to rewatch, just like Smallville. And as the end is coming to a, as the end is coming, I'm like, this thing I wanted for so long actually happened. So, um, hopefully, it goes out strong. Um, it's just such a great show. So, yeah, it's pretty much all I gotta say for Superman Lois. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, of course. Of course, that's going to be out there. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, so my next one is, um, yeah, we'll still we'll have to see if you bring if the next one you bring up is the one I'm thinking of. Otherwise, I'm going to bring it up. But now I'll okay. bring up uh, this is not that. Um, oh, OK. Uh, Fallout, um, which is going to be a prime video series based on the video game series of the same name. I was once a huge Fallout fan. I think it was like one of my favorite video game franchises of all time. And it's just been a very long time since there's been a good new Fallout game. But I still love Fallout. It's it's an amazing uh, video game franchise. Uh, I mean, and when Fallout 3 came out when I was in high school, it was like it rocked my world. I was obsessed with it. <laughs> it's genuinely one of the most obsessed I've ever. What year did it come out? Two thousand nine. I was pro- it was probably two thousand ten by the time I was really playing it and really oh, obsessed okay. with it. But yeah, it came out in two thousand nine. Fallout three, Fallout New Vegas is the one that people uh, really highly praise. And in a lot of ways, I can kind of agree that it's the better game. But I, there's something about Fallout 3 that really gets me. Uh, and I also liked Fallout 4 more than most people, I think. A lot of people were highly disappointed in it. Fallout 76 came out after that, and, like, save your disappointment for that. It was, that's, a garbage, that's a garbage game. Um, but, yeah, it's a great series. It's just been a long time since I've really gone back to it or anything. And... Uh, I love this, this story and the universe of it so much too. I mean, it's it's basically a post-apocalyptic. Tons of people have been living in vaults under the earth for a long time to protect from nuclear war, and uh, then certain vault dwellers go out into the world for you know various reasons. It depends on the game you're playing, but there's usually an inciting incident that causes you to need to go to the surface and uh, escape the vault and go out into the world, at which point you're in an open world, post-apocalyptic fighting, radiated monsters, going to towns where there's sort of Mad Maxian, like sort of scrapyard-esque kind of post-apocalyptic universe, which is always really cool. And this is the, yeah, the first real, like... Uh, movie or tv adaption just has kind of existed in video games for the most part and now um there's going to be a series from the trailers looks entertaining there's a cheesiness to it but i like fallout it's it it looks entertaining so we'll see um yeah 
uh i haven't yeah i haven't loved everything that like a prime video series have done with uh yeah things that i like but um i like fallout enough to check this out oh yes <clears throat> yes yeah, so oh, that's before that. we switch topics i did want to ask you about a horror movie i just remembered oh yeah i wasn't sure when you wanted to bring the, that yeah. up i would love to know what, so uh, i'm just this? curious because i saw the trailer and it's really messed up yeah do you ever see the trailer for thanksgiving oh um yeah um <laughs> and, uh, that was hardcore actually, right actually you know i say that i don't know i i don't think i've seen the trailer i what i mean i've uh I know what movie you're talking about is all, but, um, uh, I haven't seen that. Um, but I honestly don't, I don't know. I don't watch horror movies like that. Usually. Um, like I also remember a lot of people I knew went see Krampus back when that came out. Oh, and uh, which, yeah, the Christmassy horror movie. And I, I've also never seen that. I don't know. I just usually isn't the type of, you're like horror keep like. horror and holiday separate unless it's Halloween. Um, but yeah, I guess this is kind of just a it's yeah, it's also a slasher. I don't usually gravitate towards slashers, but um I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't seem totally unappealing. I might check it out. It does seem messed <laughs> up. I if like the trailer, I'm just like, you know what? Maybe when it goes on Peacock, maybe I <laughs> I will give it a shot to see. <laughs> what it is you know why i did watch a horror movie that like for me was like the like poster child of like every stereotype of bad horror movies <laughs> like like how i view like like man of steel and like ant-man the wasp are like poster child for like people who hate superhero movies like one's just dark depressing the other's just like stupid and super jokey the remake of the grudge was like so stupid yeah the like remake every was bad, bad horror movie cliche the remake is the um the original grudge is a great movie the one the japan version it's it's pretty good um as far as those are the the ring is really the like the really great classic japanese horror movie uh i never liked the grudge as much but when i and part of the reason I, I didn't is because I saw that back around when it came out and it's not a good remake. Um, it, the original um, grudge Japanese version is uh, very effectively scary and good. Yeah, I just remember I was going through a list like well, maybe in 2021 movies and that was the first one that popped up and I was just like, oh, my oh God. there was another another grudge. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, there was. Oh, You're no. talking about that. This, this new one. I, I assure you it's even worse. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's probably horrible. I didn't even like the 2000s remake. Oh, this 2021, it was or 2021. It was. I was I I couldn't finish it. I was just like, life is too short to sit through this. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, that's probably awful. Because at least the English remake from the two thousands is at least the same story, basically. Um, but not that well done. Yeah, that's probably horrible. 
Oh, I mean, it was. It was like every bad stereotype. <laughs> One thing that, man, I I wish I was just googling and I wish I could find it. Truly, the best bad movie I have ever seen, and this is not in like a grudge remake way bad, but like more like a the room bad kind of movie. Oh yes. Um, I saw it. It was on some streaming service. I saw it with a friend and we reference it all the time to this day because it is genuinely the worst horror movie I think I've ever seen in like a fun <laughs> in a fun way where it was like uh, really entertaining how bad it was was like something with an evil gingerbread man. Every time oh. I look it up, other <laughs> movies about evil gingerbread men come up. It's not that. And it's weird how many movies about an evil gingerbread man there are. But I'm just I'm, I'm even looking at this now and I don't think that any of these are what it was. And I feel like it's like a lost movie because it really was like deep in a streaming service. And I don't even know why we watched it to begin with. And it was like... <laughs> That's what he kept saying the whole time. I don't know why we watched this. It was it was something where like um, clearly it wasn't supposed to be that serious. It's not that I think it it's just stupid that it's an evil gingerbread man. And I think that's like obviously it was tongue in cheek, but that doesn't mean that it's not awful. It's still awful, even though they're trying to be tongue in cheek. Um just uh i have been dying to find that movie again to show people <laughs> oh man it was one day you'll find it yeah it'll I, be uh, it'll be the quest of a lifetime yeah i want to put that out in the world in, in, <laughs> in hopes that it comes back to me someday and then maybe episode 200 we can watch that oh boy they'll, the hype will be real <laughs> um but yeah, anyway, um, did you have, yeah, you had another show to bring yes, up. Yes, I had one more show to bring up. Cool. All right. Now, for years, whenever I would think, you know, in 2013, The Office ended. And for so many years, I was just like, you know, ever since that finale, there hasn't been really a comedy thing I've been looking forward to. It's just... It ended with The Office, me watching comedy shows. And then recently, I, like, actually a few years ago, I found something. I found a show that in February is returning for its 12th season. And that is HBO's Curb Your Enthusiasm is returning for season 12. That's right. So... Don't know a lot about this season. We don't even know if it is the final season because uh, apparently Larry David says that at the end of every year. <laughs> I actually oh. heard him say that like after what happened with the Seinfeld finale, he's never going to do another series finale. Oh, yeah. Which I get, even though I do like the Seinfeld finale. But um, yeah. Yeah, I've I've gone through the whole show twice. I'm going through it a third time and um. I can say it's up there with Seinfeld in the office as my favorite live action sitcoms. Like if I had to rank, like if I was forced to rank, I may rank it number two behind Seinfeld just cause, you know, as much as I love the office, you know, 
season mm-hmm. eight kind of brings it down a bit. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, it's really weird when I, the last time I rewatched it, I liked season eight more than I've ever liked it before. And yeah, I actually like liked season nine a little, not less than season eight. I like it more than season eight still, but it kind of balanced out. Oh, I don't know. Wow. There's something weird. I still hate the episodes that I hated from season eight, but the episodes that I liked, I realized I really liked. Oh, like yeah. the Florida episodes, the Doomsday oh, episodes. Oh, those Florida episodes are so good. Um, some of the oh, later episodes. Yeah. Oh, buddy's, oh, buddy's no, oh, buddy's, oh, buddy's perfect. perfect. Nice stroke, Pam. Yeah, <laughs> sives dreadfully. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, when it wasn't focusing about on Angie or Robert California, it did. It was still able to crank out some good episodes. Yeah, it's just when they decided to focus on Andy and well, why yeah. they chose Robert California, who like in season seven was like the worst part of the season seven finale. Yeah, I oh, have and, no idea. And you know what? Uh, actually, probably helped. I actively skipped the first two episodes on this rewatch, where I was like, <laughs> I refute. Those are the worst two episodes of The Office, in my opinion. It's the first two the episodes. List and what's number two? That's Is that the, the one where he gets the tattoo. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah, the incentive. I think. Yeah, I remember watching those when they aired, and just. No, actually, I remember watching it. Like, I was hopeful because I loved the Dwight episode in season seven. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there getting ready to watch The Office. And then when they revealed Andy as the manager, like, my heart sank. I was just like, I think I'm done. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why of anyone because they were making it sound like it was either going to be Dwight Daryl or Andy, and you're just like, well, Dwight or Daryl could work, but then they chose the worst Worst one because of the Hangover movies. Yeah, I've always thought it Dwight or Daryl are the best choices. Yeah, it just, yeah, especially because that uh, season seven episode and also the couple episodes in season nine where he's the manager again are some of the best ones. Oh yeah, especially the was it the yeah, arm our assistant to the assistant his to the own assistant manager. to the I assistant. Think, I think the second to last episode of the show, maybe. Yeah, because um, I, yeah. I remember watching that episode, being like, "Man, like it, even the finale sucks. This episode would be a pretty good series finale." Yeah, yeah. Those the last few episodes uh, of the series kind of make season nine for me. Yeah. Um, also, but Dwight's yeah, Christmas. That was a great one. Yeah, of course. That's, that's, that's an instant classic. Um, you know, it was supposed to be in season four, and then the writer's strike happened. Oh, interesting. So they had that idea for a while. Yeah. Pennsylvania well, Dutch idea. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Curb Your Enthusiasm. I've uh, yeah. I've seen a couple episodes. I'm, I, I, I like the humor of it a lot. Um, oh, yes. Oh, oh, my goodness. One second. I don't know why that this randomly popped in my head. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if this came out this year. Um, uh, did this come out this year? Uh, have you ever seen I Think You Should Leave? I have not. Uh... Why is it so hard to find when season two came? Or no, it was season three, not season two. It did come out this year. That would have been in my top five 
TV shows of the year easily. Probably like two or three. Uh, I think You Should Leave uh, is a sketch comedy show that um, just has a very unique sense of humor. And I think Curb Your Enthusiasm having a very specific sense of humor uh, reminded me. They don't have a similar sense of humor but they each have a very unique specific to that very show distinct. sense of humor. Um, yeah. I'm, I've been getting really into Tim Robinson's comedy in that. Yeah. Season three of, I think you should leave came out. Oh yeah. Was he in SNL for a little bit? Yeah. Um, he uh, was a writer and then he right towards the end had a couple of roles. Yeah. Um, he played this old guy, I think. And then uh, the, I think the best skit that I remember with him in is the b -b 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 basketball. Oh, um, man, it is hard to remember. Yeah. You know what the sad thing, not to go on a whole tangent, but you know what, when I look back at SNL, like I used to love SNL. Mm -hmm. And then after season 40, Seth Meyer, who was like the head writer left, mm -hmm. and it's just like nosedived in quality because then you had yeah. the two who host Weekend Update take over as the head writers and like honestly i'm sure they're all nice people but when i watch it it just feels like they're not even trying uh -huh. like but you know what and then they had eddie murphy and then suddenly the quality went up because everyone wanted to impress eddie murphy <laughs> right because you know he is like the biggest star to come out of that show but mm -hmm. it just I, then I had this realization like I have now stopped watching SNL longer than when I actually watched it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This should, SNL is way too hit or miss for me to even like tune in. I, I really like some things I see, but I don't like to bother with like watching full episodes and stuff. Cause it's just way too hit or miss. Yeah. And more no, is it lately than hits. No, it was a bit of a train wreck. There was this awful... They had Elon Musk host. Yeah, one of the most and, infamous episodes of SNL. Yeah. yeah, and you thought he... You thought Twitter was the only thing he could ruin? Oh, no. <laughs> he found a way to ruin an already struggling show. They had this one kind of like Gen Z doctor's sketch. <laughs> and yeah. it was like written by like 40-year-olds pretending like they were in their 20s. And it was so obvious and just like... Yeah. Do they think this is funny? Did no yeah. did people read this out loud? That's always a really bad move. Yeah. I'm more of a fan of sketch shows now. Like I think you should leave it as a sketch comedy show where it just kind of seamlessly goes from one sketch to the next, just transitions and yeah. they're shot more like independent comedy sketches. Um, you know, I, honestly, I think the live thing really hurts it because yeah, it almost feels like they're awkward. just like doing inside jokes about what happened that week. And also it makes it like they, those episodes do not age well, even like the good ones. Cause you're like, what happened that week? Mm -hmm. I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. Um, but yeah. Anything else to say about curb your enthusiasm? Uh, no, just coming out in February. Look, because there's, there's like no inf no other information about yeah. it, but uh, looking forward to a first time since the office ended in 2013, I've been looking forward to a yeah. new season of live action comedy. Yeah. 
Um, and I will actually be bringing up a new season of live action comedy. I've few that I enjoy, but I will be bringing up one. But you actually didn't bring up one of the things I thought you might huh? bring up. Maybe now I'll be I'll be shocked. I'll maybe be like, you're, what? There's maybe you're not coming a, out. Yeah, maybe you're not excited for it. Maybe it's not actually coming out in 2024 like I thought. But there's a the Penguin TV series. Oh um, right, Max, right. Um, which you know. I liked the Batman more than you. So there's like a through line for me to be interested in the penguin. I'm not like, I don't necessarily feel like I need this, but it is there. And I do like this version of the penguin a lot. Yeah. For me, penguin was like one of the standouts of the movie. I think that was actually probably the best casting. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, it's, it's kind of like the Sony stuff. It's like, Mm-hmm. Although I there are rumors that Robert Pattinson might show up, um, right? Hopefully, as Batman, not Bruce Wayne, because mm-hmm. I mean it, it was obviously Matt Reeves' direction, but it's just like, boy, this there's like some like like I'll be I'll be honest, I rewatched it the Batman recently. Boy, that hospital scene is rough. Like when he's yeah. like trying to still be Batman, but it doesn't come. Like yeah. when Ben Affleck did, it felt more natural versus he's like, Alfred, you lied to me about my parents. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, to be fair, my, de- my defense of it always is that like, he's, uh, he's trying to mask everything with being an edgy Batman. But yeah, I feel like there wasn't even really much of an attempt to be a good Bruce Wayne in it. And yeah, I, there wasn't. And I, I yeah, did, that's what yeah. they were going for. Yeah. But so like say maybe this series has an attempt to be a good Bruce Wayne. I think Robert Pattinson could do it. I just don't think that they were even attempting to do that. Yeah. Uh, clearly. So which you can kind of get away with cause it is about him just starting out. Yeah. Like he, th- he, at that point he thinks he needs to just be the Batman. Um, oh, speaking of Batman performances. So also I, I'll, I'll drop a couple of hot takes of Marvel real quick if we wanted to. Wow. Like for free? positive ones. Yes. Wow. Recent stuff. Oh, okay. So just because I think I mentioned maybe is this episode or a previous one. So just because of like stuff like this and other stuff, I forcing myself to catch up on like the recent Marvel stuff, which, you know, Morbius was something. Mm-hmm. It was a tough one. But you know what? I gotta say, Eternals was their first rotten movie. I gotta say, it wasn't that bad. Interesting. Like I watched it. Like I that was the one I was dreading the most. Wow. Because as someone who like prefers like grounded characters like Spider-Man and Wolverine, mm-hmm. I was just like uh oh boy, like gods and all that, like even more hardcore than Thor. Yeah. I was like, you know what? It's not that bad. It was pretty good. Like I would give it a thumbs up. Cool. And there was another one I was dreading, and everyone hates it. But I gotta say, I thought it was pretty good. Thor Love and Thunder. You <laughs> everyone like Thor Love and Thunder? I never would have expected Thor that. Love and Thunder. Here's the thing. There's some really dumb moments. You're like, oh god, come on. Yeah. But not as bad as Spider-Man Far From Home or Ant-Man and the Wasp. But like, even though there are some really stupid moments. There's like some action beneath that. There's like some actual substance hmm. of like it's Thor who is just like clearly damaged from like the events of Ragnarok and Fanny War and Endgame. 
And it's about he goes kind of like Peter B. Parker. He goes on a journey to become the guy he once was. And on this journey, he's reunited with Jane Foster, one of like the few positive things still in his life. And then he has to deal with her mortality because she's dying from cancer. And um and then it's about like kind of like him becoming like um it's about him becoming the guy he once was and i'm just like yeah there is some clearly stupid stuff and it's clearly the worst of the thor movies but yet there was some substance there mm-hmm. i'm just like, overall i would give a thumbs up but um there's a scene with because the villain of the movie is gore the god butcher played by christian bale and there's a moment he gets defeated and he starts speaking a little raspy, and I got such PTSD. Like, oh God, let's not go there, Christian. Let's yeah. leave that in the past. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would be. Yeah, a bit triggering. Uh, yeah, I would have never expected that in the same way. I would have never expected Shazam because you really expected to hate that. And I will say, like, I because of being kind of a Taika Waititi stand following everything he does, I expected that I would watch this and possibly like it, but people did seem to have such strong reactions to it that I've even borderline seen people almost like I get the impression that people stopped respecting Taika Waititi as a director after Thor. Oh, a lot of people did. And to me, I was always like, okay, I haven't seen it, but come on. It's one movie. It's a Marvel movie. We, I don't even know that he tried for this. Have you seen, like, come on, like, he, he this is the guy that made um, Boy and uh, the Hunt for whatever and what we do in the shadows and Jojo Rabbit. And yes. You can't have one movie to, like, be like, oh, maybe he was never good. Um, but now, to be fair, a lot of people go went into Thor, um, Thor: Love and Thunder, super hyped, and were like, "All right, is this going to be the MC movie that gets it back on track?" And I went into it being like, "Oh my god, this is going to be such a train wreck." Yeah, <laughs> but, and I'm different. just like, you know, it's it's not that bad. You know, there's there's some redeeming stuff in here, and I mean. Let's nothing has come like even close to Spider-Man No Way Home. It's been the that's been the only great MCU movie, in my opinion, since Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But it's just like, you know, there's like some actual substance, some actual heart in there. Nice. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to actually actually finally watch that someday. No, and then you'll come back and be like I, I I can't believe you maybe watched that. I can't believe you got my hopes up. <laughs> I'm just like yeah. I didn't say it was great. Yeah, I said it was it was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, of the Marvel because I've seen all of Phase Four besides Wakanda Forever, which I'm trying to get through. Which I have to say is a bit is, it's pretty boring. Um, <laughs> you know, when you take out Black Panther and it's about Shuri and his mom, it's all about the politics of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And it's so boring. <laughs> it's just like, why were they attacking us for vibranium? I don't know. What do we do? We must send a messenger or something. Just like, oh my God, is, is this Marvel? Is this C-SPAN? Like, this, yeah. it's just, 
it's it's been a bit boring but uh if I had to rank all the Phase Four Marvel movies, which you know it's tough, only one has been great. Uh, yeah. I would say Love and Thor: Love and Thunder is the third best one behind, obviously, No Way Home and then Doctor Strange Two. Mm. Interesting. Well, um, I don't even know how we got there. Uh, I don't know, but um, should I bring up my last thing, which might be the last thing for the episode? Oh, yes. The grand finale. What is it? Make it a good one. And I love to find connections. There is a connection to Taika Waititi in this um, because I'm talking about what we do in the shadows season six. Oh, yes. The connection being starring and being a of the of the original New Zealand production of what we do in the shadows that this is a. The. I guess, American adaptation of um, what we do in the shadow season six should be coming out in 2024. And I believe it, it should really do research like this. But I think at one point I heard that it was going to be the last season, or maybe I just really feel like it's going to be because I, of think what I looked it up. I didn't see anything like official about being the last season. It might be speculation. I don't know. Um, so it could be, but so could all of the other ones. Um, <laughs> Like I said uh, before, like in, in my favorite TV of, of 2023, um, this has been a show that I liked from the moment it aired and that has gr- can just continued to grow on me. And what you like you mentioned, like looking forward to live action comedy. I can honestly say like if I were to personally recommend to just anyone at all, like a currently running live action comedy, like a sitcom, it would be what we do in the shadows. And I've done that. I have recommended it before and explained it. And people are like, Oh, another like mockumentary thing. Come on. We've had the office. (laughs) We've had parks and rec. We had, um, didn't modern family kind of do that. Modern family does it. Which, um, (laughs) a lot of the camera stuff is very unrealistic. Like why would a cameraman be there? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's like, um, in parks and rec, the way that they do it is it is not supposed to be a documentary being filmed. It's just a style. Like sometimes the camera will like pan up and do stuff that like is clearly not supposed to be a documentary. Or they'll say stuff that is genuinely private and not supposed to be to anyone. It's just like a narrative device in Parks and Rec. Um, you know what? As a mockumentary show is actually pretty good. Uh, what? This ABC show, Abbott Elementary. Oh, I didn't know that. I was watched a, a few episodes. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's really strong writing. Yeah, I mean, when it works, it works. And also what we do in the shadows uh, came out, you know, uh, oh, oh, like nearly 15 years ago or something. And it was like, you know, there w- it wasn't that oversaturated. It might have been kind of the time to start copying The Office at the time. Uh, Remember the Muppets ripped off The yeah, Office? Yeah, briefly. It only lasted one year. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the show is is great. Like in a very similar vein to the American office, like the original is great. Um, I would say kind of like just as good as the, the series in the case of what we do in the shadows, but you can't assume that because it's a remake or that it's the American version or like that, it's just some soulless 
like attempt to expand something that didn't need to be expanded. Like this has incredible comedy writers and people who are really passionate about making this really good as it just all around amazing, hilarious characters. Um, just like now one of the core comedy TV live action comedy TV shows that I like now. So yeah, I'll never stop praising what this show is. Um, Oh yes. So yeah, we get to see what happens next and what was a very tense. Well, it actually kind of, I, I almost think season six might be a uh, getting back to normal after all the things that happened in season five, but um, some new problems arising. So we'll see, but I'm very excited. Oh yes. What we do in the shadows. It's FX, right? Yeah. FX. Oh yes. So guys, I, I believe we've now gone through all our lists. Yes, we have. Yes, so there you go, guys. We are here in 2024, and boy, do we have a lot of great stuff to look forward to, whether it's Deadpool 3, whether it's what we do in the shadows, just a lot of great stuff. And guess what? We get to all experience it together. You know, we show basically a countdown to those things. Yes. Like a full, like, you know, Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve, they count down to one thing. Oh, no, no, no. We count down to literally everything. In a way, <laughs> does it make everything else less special? Of course. But yes. yet, here you are. And here we all are. Counting down to our favorite movies, TV shows, now video games, and comic books, too. So, mm-hmm. There we go. Also got in a few good rabbit holes. Yeah, big rabbit hole uh, energy in all of these end of the year special episodes. Um, that I think is a good sign for 2024 yes. uh, comment section. And uh, yeah, here's to another year of comment section. 2024. Oh, yes. As we march forward to episode 100. Very soon. Yes. So guys, there we go. 2024 is here. And as you know, because it's already popped up, the rabbit hole is here with a vengeance. It's close. Yes. And it doesn't care what you're doing, whether you're trying to do a show, pop up and you you just found out yeah, you've traveled a long distance because of it. And yep. you realize, you know what? It may have been pointless, but it was worth it. So, guys, yep. there you go. Happy New Year. And as we go into this new year, always remember to keep falling down oh, that man. rabbit hole. <laughs>